Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Why did we agree to do this? Why did we agree to do anything? I hate us. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. I hate us. How about some animal stories? Maybe a raccoon or a story about a dog. Maybe a baboon or a story about a frog. A story about a cat or a pizza rat. A story about a minx or a story about a lynx. Animal stories in the news. Animal stories to cure your blues. Animal stories just for you. Let's find out what they're up to. It's a pretty good uh, batch this morning. We'll start up in Fresno. What you sipping? This man is a 23-year-old. He is uh, he is not identified in the news story, and he's probably grateful for that because he decided to kill it with fire. He was staying over at his parents' house. Kill what with it? With fire? Kill it with fire, hmm. as the expression goes. Hmm. He saw what he says were black widows on the outside of his parents' house. How do you react, by the way, when you see a black widow besides get as far away from it as you can? I don't if I see them outside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He decided instead to take a blowtorch to them. Mm. I do that inside. (laughs) And uh, he thought that would uh, take care of the problem. Again, his parents are not home at the time. He's 23 years old. One of the exterior bricks in the home had a small crack in it, so the blowtorch's flame ignited some flammable material inside the wall. Great. And the fire shot straight up into the attic, (gasps) causing over $10,000 worth of damage to the attic at the second story of the house. 26 firefighters responded to the blaze, by the way. 26? 26. Seems overkill. Yes. But I guess you just want to make sure in a situation like that that it doesn't spread to a nearby home. Firefighters suggested that bug spray may have been a better way to take care of the spiders. This is, here's the quote from the fire chief. Blow torches are definitely not the preferred method to exterminate spiders in and around your home. That's a safe yeah, statement. I think learned. that's good advice. You think uh, his parents were in the car on the way home going, we got to figure out how to get this 23-year-old out of the house. <laughs> sure. he, he's been here forever. And then they come home and they see 26 firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> they could not have been pleased. <laughs> Allie, I thought of you when I saw this story. The headline uh, involves an industrious beaver, which I think is in your uh, mm. Tinder profile, isn't it? Thank you so much. It? Yeah, I have cards. Uh, the, this is a uh, this is a German uh, couple who is on holiday. They are staying in a yacht in the Muritzeld Waterway in northern Germany, uh, near the shore. When a an industrious beaver, as I said, chewed through a twenty meter high tree, and it fell onto the yacht, almost hitting and killing the couple. Oh my God! Stupid beavers, right? I don't who know. Knew? That's a good way to go, right? right? Dude, it? dude got hit by a falling beaver. Yes. <laughs> no, the beaver the tr- isn't what fell onto oh, the, the yacht. Tree. It was a tree. That's yeah, it was a tree. Unfortunate. It would have been great. It would have been a terrible way to go. I, got I think. Smacked by a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time. I was surprised to see in this article, by the way, that there are an estimated three hundred thousand beavers in Europe. I didn't realize there were that many. Huh. Here's a viral video I'm sure you saw. A woman in Oklahoma City has uh, has resorted to dog shaming. She went to McDonald's one night, and she saw her dog, Princess, begging for food 
next to the drive-thru lane at the McDonald's. So she posted on Instagram, if you see my dog in the McDonald's, quit feeding her fat ass because she don't know how to act and be leaving the house all the time to go to McDonald's at night. She's not a stray dog. She's just a gold-digging ass bitch to be acting like she's stray <laughs> so people feel bad for her and feed her burgers. <clears throat> I'd like to say that maybe don't let your dog wander around at night. I do feel like she has some control over that. Right. I do too, yes. She didn't know where her dog was. Again, she found the dog at the McDonald's drive-thru because she was going through the McDonald's mm. drive-thru. And she said, hey, that's my dog. And by the way, the dog, knowing that she wasn't going to get anything from her owner, went right past her car and went on to the next car oh, to beg again. Princess. So Pretty I, smart. I, I do feel like this one is on the owner for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a couple of uh, honeymoon stories for you that I think you'll enjoy on this edition of Animal Stories. This one is crazy. This is a a couple that flew from Britain. They've been married. uh, It was their one-year anniversary, and they booked a great vacation in Indonesia, in Bali. And they were going to have an elephant safari, and they had a villa villa all all picked out, and the pool, and they were going to have the time of their life. They left their two-year-old son at home with their family. This was the vacation they'd been waiting their first year of marriage for. Unfortunately, they arrived in Bali after a 16-hour flight, and immigration officials there refused to let them enter the country because their dog had chewed off the corner of their pass of the of the guy's passport. The dog had chewed off the corner of the passport hmm. four years ago. By the way, they have traveled all over Europe multiple times with the passport, and it's never been a problem. It's not like their identification was shielded; like you couldn't see it was a, a passport that was right. legitimate. From the picture. It was just the corner of the passport. Oh man! They couldn't believe it when they got there. By the way, they spent seven thousand dollars for this once-in-a-lifetime trip. Never even got out of the airport. They held them for seven hours and then put them on the next plane back. Oh. In other words, they round-tripped over 15,000 miles and got home less than 48, 48 hours after they left. Oh, man. Can you believe it? And by the way, they, like I said, they had traveled everywhere with this. In a million years, they never expected this would be a problem. I mean, they're just, they're tight asses in Bali or something, You right? get off a 15-hour flight oh, and they man. say get right back on another one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's not the honeymoon they were hoping for. And finally, here's the other honeymoon story. A bride who spent her honeymoon in Belize returned to her Florida home with more than just lovely memories of Mayan ruins and crystal clear Caribbean lagoons. Little did she know she had picked up a bug during the trip. This is the Journal of Investigative Medicine, which, Kevin, I believe you still subscribe to. And memorize. She is 36 years old. She did not notice anything out of the ordinary for the first two months, but what she thought was a pimple on the left side of her groin then began to itch. No. She thought maybe it was an insect bite. She Mm -hmm. went to see her doctor who said, yeah, it was likely just a spider had bitten her and a wound had become infected, but they gave her antibiotics and that did not solve the problem, so she sought a second opinion. She went to a memorial hospital in Tampa, Florida, found that the skin around the lesion, which was now leaking pus, was hard as if there were something under the skin. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, a, uh, maybe a pebble? I'm out on this story. Yeah, it's not a pebble, Bean. It's not a pebble. You wouldn't bring us a pebble story. It's not a pebble. It was a deeply embedded, anyone care to guess? Crab. Maggot. Maggot. Oh, my God. A deeply embedded maggot in her groin. Embedded like an... 
war? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> well, they say embedded in the skin, okay. under the skin. <laughs> it was the larva of a human bot fly, an insect common to Central and South America. That's so gross. When they hatch, a tiny larva can burrow into the human skin and make themselves comfortable feeding on skin tissue and flesh. A hole forms so that the baby insect can breathe. And usually what they do in that part of the world when it happens to them is they just, just cut off up. the leg. No, they just oh. cover up the hole with petroleum jelly. So that way there's no air and the things just die. And eventually... So that, you have to sit, literally go, okay, I'm going to put this on my skin, and I'm going to leave knowing that it's still in there? Yes, that's what they do. They're not, as, uh, they're not as concerned about that, because they just die off and no harm, no foul. This woman, though, went through a great deal of pain, and obviously not a great memory of her honeymoon to come back oh, with an, a maggot in her skin. <laughs> nice, uh, nice wedding, nice honeymoon. Hmm. Well done. Yeah. This has been Animal Stories. Animal Stories in the news. Animal Stories to cure your blues. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. You're all doing great. Except for Kevin. K-Rock. All right, hold up, peeps. Mm -hmm. Hold up. Mm -hmm. Bean spent $26.99 on the book. Uh, $26.50, please. <laughs> you were robbed, dude. Why was I robbed? It's a true story about a guy who was abducted by aliens. <laughs> Wait, what would have been acceptable for you, Allie? $19.99? No, I would say like $12.50. Like a little paperback. <laughs> a pamphlet. Well, yeah, you haven't bought books a in a flyer. while. <laughs> uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Calvin Parker was 19 back in 1973 when he and his friend were abducted by aliens. Or it was were a, they? It was a fishing trip that would turn out to be one they would never forget. Or was it? And Calvin is now telling his story, or and I'm asking for some bean support. Kevin automatically discounts the story. I say, why not believe it? It's the guy, dumb. The guy lived it. Now he didn't live anything. Now he's, this is why. This is why he's brave to come forward because oh. of naysayers like you. <laughs> Let's go to Danielle, my new girlfriend. Danielle on line one. She's in Los Angeles. She knows what's up. Hey, Danielle. Hey, what's up, guys? So you've heard Kevin poo-pooing Mr. Parker's account. I say, why not? Why not believe the man? What does he have? Why, why lie about it? What do you think? Exactly. You know, like, I get it. He's at the end of his life. Like, he wants to come forward and tell the truth. He's 64, you know? by the way. But he's in very yeah. poor health. He's got a lot of health problems right now. So oh. this is why he's getting it off his chest. And like, yeah. And you know what? Like, who doesn't do that? You know, we've seen that happen a lot where years later people come forward and they're, they're speaking their truth. But you know what? Like, my grandmother has, has seen the aliens. So I believe it. All Go right. On. Go on. Well, I'm see, interested. What did grandma see? Well, you know, every now and then, grandma likes to whip out her stories like every every grandma does. Mm -hmm. um, and You said stories, right? Likes to tell us. <laughs> but does she also like to whip out her whiskey and that's part of this? Oh, no, no. Gra Grandma's a grand, a grand lady. She okay. Okay. Whiskey. All right. Yeah. But, you know, every now and then she'll tell us, like, how, you know, 60 years ago when she was, you know, growing up in New York and vacationing, like, on the lake, um, she would see, like, spheres in the sky. And at first they thought, like, maybe blimps or, or planes or something. But then they came to realize, no, it's got to be, it's got to be aliens. Does There's it have no to other... be aliens just because you it... can't identify it? There's no other explanation. She's like, there were lights. No other explanation. All right. Weird. Okay, Danielle, Danielle, Danielle. Danielle, look, I love you, so don't take this in the wrong way. <laughs> but there's a big difference between seeing lights in the sky that you can't identify, and that has happened throughout history, and actually seeing a, a craft land 
aliens come off of it and take you onto it and do experiments with you for 45 minutes and then let you back out. That's a that's a that's a close encounter of the first kind. I'm way more interested and intrigued by that story than just a mysterious light in the sky from grandma. All right. Let me ask a question. Why is there no why is there zero scientific proof? Because the government is Zero. hiding it, oh, Kevin. Oh, the government's hiding Hello. it. Right. They don't want us to know what all the aliens know I and what see. they're actually doing walking amongst and us. And they don't want to admit there are other advanced beings out there. Sure. Amen, so, like, Danielle. And, Ca- and Calvin, what? by the way, like what was Calvin supposed to do? He was abducted, but he didn't have the opportunity to prove it. He didn't have the opportunity to save evidence. Mm-hmm. It's not like he wouldn't mm. want evidence, but right. what was he supposed to do? Steal something while he was on right. board? Right. He had no choice well you know what are you supposed to do in that situation you're in shock you know right like, how old was he at the time 19? he was 19, 19 yeah the year that's crazy he was paralyzed happened, you know? like, we didn't have that technology. all right let me all right let me ask another question danielle and i both want to know kevin if this had happened to you instead yeah. of calvin how would you prove it if it happened to you how would you prove my it? question to you is why is there no scientific proof of any kind from anywhere on the earth. I'm asking you. I'm not how, saying how, how. Why didn't he prove it? I'm well, saying why. If there was some scientific proof somewhere, maybe I would tend to go with this guy's story. But there isn't because guys, there never has been. Kevin is all about science, right? We That's what we know this. about me. <laughs> all right, Danielle. <laughs> give good. give my best to Grandma. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in. Okay. All right. You bet. Let's try uh, Matthew. We're still going. Eric, you hang on. We are going to get you. Let's try Matthew. Line four, please. He is from Ukaipa. He's up next on the Kevin DeBean Show. Hey, Matthew. Hey, how's it going? Good. All right. We don't have a lot of time, but what say you about Mr. Calvin Parker, 19, abducted by aliens? Now he's written a book about it, and I'm in. I side with the aliens. You side with the aliens. Okay. How come? Yes. There's too well, honestly, there's too much live footage, Mr. Scientific over there. There's live footage of various different spacecraft, craft, craft. What? And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was trying to be facetious. Okay. But um, there, there's a lot of, um, my main reason that he wouldn't come forward is because anybody who comes forward is immediately met with, like, heresy and disdain Wait, in you, the public eye. Hold on, you just started with there's a lot of evidence of they exist. Yeah, and your and these... your proof that they exist is lights in the sky that we can't explain. Uh, no, I was just going off of footage that I've seen that was released on a... There's, like, this Netflix special called Unacknowledged, and it says all sorts of cool stuff. Is this well, Tom DeLong? <laughs> if it's on Netflix, well, it has to be true. All right. You're, oh, not no, my, not you're, you're not my team, Matthew, but thank you for calling. I appreciate it. All right. Final call. He wants to be your team, though. Let's make it Eric in Burbank Line 3. I think he's going to settle this for all of us. Hey, Eric. I definitely know Bean is correct because I'm actually from Mars. And uh, my, buddy, my buddy's friend knows the guy that actually abducted Calvin. So oh, yeah? It's, it's a real thing, and it's actually a big thing. They're not happy the book's coming out at all. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. It's a whole, like, it's, expo- it's exposing a lot, a whole legal issue on the planet. I see. Uh-huh. Wow. And That's it good. makes sense that he's hiding it because it's embarrassing what that probe is, you know? Yeah, and I, I imagine it would be. Now, d- why do the probes always have to be anal? If I if I may ask you as a Martian, why can you not find anything out by just checking out our throats or checking out, you know, other parts of our body or the mouth? Why does it always have to be our or butts? Orify. Yeah. Well, the, Martian, the Martians are actually more advanced. We do the throats. We do other things now. Mm-hmm. We've grown past that. But other, other planets, they... 
the Blagojeviches that did this. They, you know, they do. Wow. They, so, they like so Kevin, how, now you're going to dispute this guy isn't from Mars. Automatically, you discount his story too, right? This, this is making insanely good sense to me. <laughs> All right, Eric. Th- thank, go with pe- go in peace. Thank you for calling. I love him. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Lame. My sadness was about the fact that the ladies tried to raise one hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars to get the robot uh, sex brothel in West Hollywood. And as of this morning, it's only at two thousand six hundred and thirty-four dollars on Indiegogo. Was it Bean? Well, yeah, the first 2,000 was Bean. But my point (laughs) is, where are your priorities, America? You have the opportunity to have Eve's robot dreams in West Hollywood, to have this be a thing that we can visit. I'm not positive everyone is as excited as you are. Here's the uh, here's the close from the Indiegogo campaign, and then we'll talk to Unicole Unicron about it. When you support this campaign, you'll help us open our first location in West Hollywood, California. You can be one of the first people to interact with this technology. Your contribution will help cultivate a healthy environment for both robots and humans. Thank you for supporting Eve's Robot Dreams. Hey, we're happy to support it. We're happy to welcome Unicole to the show. Hello. Good morning to you. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. So, um, so many questions. I almost don't know where to begin. How did you choose Southern California? I guess I could start with as a place to open Eve's Robot Dreams. I live in L.A., and it just seems like um, an actually progressive area, whereas Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been following the news. Some other robot brothels have been shut down in Houston and Canada. So You don't have to tell Bean. He's all over that. I'm I'm furious at Houston. Why should people – why – seriously, Unicole, why should people care if other people, consenting adults, want to have sex with a robot? Honestly, who does it hurt? I mean, I've heard different things. I've heard in France there was one that was shut down because they thought that it was encouraging rape fantasies. So oh. maybe it's just not done well. Yeah, and that's one of the that's things that I think may confuse a lot of people on your on your Indiegogo page because you talk about consent-focused robot brothel. And what does that mean to you? Basically, it means that you get to know the robot before you have a chance to be in a private setting with it. It's What's just the point about of that? Practicing- <laughs> I don't want to get to know the robot. I have to take it out to dinner? (laughs) No. Do do I have to bring the robot home to meet my parents? (laughs) Not that far. Okay. Okay. All right. But do you have to get to know the robot before the sex? You do. You do. We're also going to have dolls that are not animate. They're inanimate, and you don't have to take them on a date first. I see. But the robots, it's important since they have um, personalities. Mm. This is so interesting, and it's still a little bit confusing to me. I'm uh, I'm not making fun of you at all, but, I mean, if you go to a brothel in Nevada, you're not at all required to have a conversation. They don't say, hey, you have to have a drink first and get to know each other and exchange astrological signs. You can just walk in and get down to business, and those are humans. It seems like you're protecting robots more than we protect humans in this line of work. That's very true. And I think that we should um, have more conversations about consent and consent with sex workers. I think all conversations that we have about robots can be applied to sex workers as well. It's just a platform to jump off and say, hey, where can we have better rights? Where can we also practice, you know, asking consent? A sex worker theoretically is already consenting by working that job. Right. Um, These robots Maybe we don't know if they're conscious yet. I don't think they are, but um, they didn't necessarily sign up for this. They were just created for it. Okay. So So, can you ask them consent and they could say no? 
Theoretically, yes, but it's gamified. So the longer time you spend talking to them, the more into you they're going to be. So okay. that was my next question. What is the timing aspect of that? Because if you, if you go in for one visit, do you get to have sex with the robot during that one visit? Or is it after multiple visits of getting to know the robot? Yeah, we say about 30, 30 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes spending time with the robot, and then you can take them to the private room. Okay. I got no problem with 30 minutes of robot foreplay, you guys. This is all right with me. All right. Let's talk. We're talking to uh, Unicol Unicron here on the Kevin and Bean Show about a real Indiegogo campaign. Uh, we were questioning the amount of money that you're trying to raise. $155,000 seems incredibly low to be able to be able to make any kind of real progress toward opening a business like you're discussing in a very expensive area like West Hollywood. This can't be all the money you need. Um, you know, it's the bare minimum that we would need to open and function at a very shoestring budget. I believe that I really believe in this and I believe that it's going to have a lot of business and a lot of people coming to it. So, um, you know, that's the bare minimum that we need to actually open a place and get the robots and then um, but get moving. For, of course, more money would always be better. But for the bare minimum, we're looking at janky sex robots, right? <laughs> no, these are um, top of the line, $12,000 sex Whoa. robots from Real Doll X. So oh, they're wow. they're very expensive, and that's why it's such a good opportunity for people to come in and actually interact with them because they're not gonna most people are not gonna spend twelve thousand or more dollars on their own personal sex robot. That's why I'm so happy to be wealthy, by the way. Uh, not that I won't <laughs> also visit your place when I'm in town, but it'll be nice to have my own at home. Um, do you anticipate because the uh, the most expensive item on your Indiegogo page is the ten thousand dollars you get to be the first to have sex with a particular robot. Do you anticipate that somebody will want to de-virginize a machine and pay ten grand to do it? I think that it's a historical act, and anybody who really wants to be at the forefront of this technology and, like, really immersed in it would do that. We'll, only, we'll be able to see if someone does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess we will. What other kinds of questions are you uh, fielding from the public? Are you getting any blowback from people who don't think you should be uh, encouraging this business? Um, not too much. I hear a lot of women who are concerned that, you know, um, the the dolls are unrealistic. You know, the body types are um, not something that can compete with a standard human body type. There's very mm-hmm. large breasts and very small waists, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so, but these dolls can be custom ordered. We can, we're going to have a variety of different styles and looks. And, um, yeah, some people are worried, you know, maybe the robot will... Um, their their husbands will spend more time with the robots than with them or things like that. But I think in reality, these, these concerns are no different than any concerns that someone would have if the real brothel was opening. Yeah, I'm thinking if my husband's spending more time with the robot, maybe the robot isn't the problem. Right? Maybe oh. there's a the larger conversation <laughs> sure. to be Maybe had the wife should try a little my, harder. Yeah, I Not agree. what I'm saying, Bean. Not <laughs> oh. what I'm saying. God, you're a dick. I'm saying there should be other conversations being had. But as, as Unicole points out on the site, that's a conversation to have with your significant other about how, how appropriate this would be in your particular relationship. Well, true. Do you find it cheating? Do you find it not cheating? I think that's a, a big conversation, too. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Sure. So only seven days left. What happens if you don't raise the money, Unicole? Do you give up on this project or you, do you have a plan B to go forward? I might try again, just start the campaign again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really feel like we haven't been able to reach as many people as would be interested in this. How many um, people so do you? How many people do you think are interested in this? Everyone. 
Doesn't Ever. everyone want to sleep with a robot? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yes. Well, that hold, on, hold, that... on, hold on, hold on. Are women still around? <laughs> then no. They still exist. This, but that brings me my you know, next question. Yes. Any dude robots? Yes, next year. And you okay. know, women are the number one users of robotic sex toys when you consider vibrators. I'm listening. So it's, it's not that far-fetched. I agree. I agree. I agree, too, by the way. Don't listen to the bad man, Unipol. I'm sorry we let him in on the line. All right. What's the easiest way for folks to find your Indiegogo campaign if they'd like to contribute or learn more information about it? Just go to evesrobotdreams.com. That's E-V-E-S robotdreams.com. All right. We're happy to spread the word. Thanks so much for joining us on The Kevin and Bean Show. Thank you so much. Okay. You bet. Bye now. All right. It's Kevin and Bean. K-U. In my defense, you don't have to already start in your defense. <laughs> I'm just saying in my defense, and in Allie's defense as well, we're, do, we're doing the best we can. Right. We're doing live radio. Uh-huh. We're improving. There's no right. script here. We're just, we're having a conversation. We're trying to, we're trying to yuck it up a little bit. Right. And not everything's going to land. Right. Sometimes it doesn't. And mm-hmm. so this is a good time for you both, mm-hmm. especially you two. To take it back. <laughs> okay. Like you gave it a try, maybe you realize it didn't work, and you go, okay, my bad. Uh, sure. Okay, but but it's like it's like going to a... Uh... Would you like to take that back? Would you like to take that back? Tell me, would you, if you could, you would you, could you take that back? Would you like to take that back? Would you like to take that back? Tell me, would you, if you could, you would you, could you take that back? I'm not going to lie. I would like to hear what his example was about to be. <laughs> I was just thinking my bad. Kevin saved me from Mr. Bad. Oh, <laughs> shoot. I was saying it's, it would be like going to a shortstop who botched a throw to first base after the game and saying, hey, if you had a chance to do that over again, I bet you would. There's nothing he can do about it. It's already happened. No, it's, already, but, it's already live. The game has already been no, played. No, but he could, talk to, go back. he could talk to his fans and say, you know what? That was on me. I'm sorry. Sure. Okay. And that might make them feel better. True. All right. Well, let's see what kind of examples you're bringing right. out here. The first example is my man Bean. Mm-hmm. I was doing a story about people are dumb and a guy who left his passport at a murder scene. He left his passport at the crime scene. Oh. And his phone. Oh. Oh. So the police noticed that he was sweating profusely and his hands were shaking. Hmm. So they said, just a minute, let's go back and take a little check. And they did. And he was wanted for murder in that case. Uh-huh. You got any info? And they said, yeah, we have info. It's murder. <laughs> was that the case that they gave him? Oh, oh, go to hell. Would you like to take that back? <laughs> Would you like to take that back? <laughs> Come on. Come on, low-hanging fruit guy. Come on. Um, like we all didn't think that. Okay. Only uh, one yeah. of us said it. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll take it back. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Next up is Bean. From the same segment. Oh, Bean. People are dumb. This particular one, um, a guy gets smashed and tries to escape on a bicycle. Smashed meaning drunk. Burglar drank 24 bottles of beer and Jägermeister and then tried to escape from police on a bike. Oh, no. 24 bottles of beer. How many were left on the wall? Oh, my God. You're You're destroying this. (laughs) Would you like to take that back? That was like 30 (laughs) seconds from the one before. (laughs) There's a very popular song called 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall. You don't need to explain the comedy. We get it. How often do you get a chance to make a reference to that? I believe I'm going to stand by 24 Bottles of Beer. I think I am. You're the worst. I'm okay with that. Guess who's up next? Bean? Oh, come on now. Allie is doing birthdays. Moving on to some birthdays. Cassandra Peterson. 
Elvira, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Phil Jackson, Baz Luhrmann, and Flo Rida. And that's what's happening. I was going to ask, what's up with Flo Rida? You're stupid. File. Would you like to take that back? See, because what's up with Florida? We have a feature on the show (laughs) called What's Up with Florida. But she was finished with the full report, and then Mm -hmm. you jumped in with that. With What's Up with Flo Rida. (laughs) Too too little, too late, is that what you're suggesting? All right, I'll throw that one back in the pond. All right. Hmm. Wow, two for three for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next up is Allie. Oh. Oh, thank God. Talking about Liam Neeson. What was the story about him and his horse? He, he oh, yeah. had he a real thought, bond with his horse. He thought a horse recognized him from another movie that he had done with the horse. Right. <laughs> by the way, I do believe that horses would recognize people that they mm-hmm. spent time with. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. But what, Liam is saying that the horse did recognize him, He right? said absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah. It wound up whinnying and, and started stomping his little hoof. I think nice. I believe that. Okay. That's a cute story. Yeah. Right? So we don't want him to rein it in? He doesn't seem unstable? No. <sighs> Thanks, Chip. Would you like to take that back? Rain it in. I mean, seems unstable. unstable. I feel like... Would you like to take that back? If Chip wasn't here, none of you would have caught it. Right. Which means we, it's a win. What? We'd have been yeah. better for it, though. <laughs> would you like to take that back? No. Okay, this How about you, Chip? Will you take it back? <laughs> 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 This yeah. one is uh, Allie and Bean. Oh, two you both You both get to answer. Talking okay. about uh, Janet Jackson. Who? I was making fun of her because I didn't realize that she still had any kind of following. Okay. At this point. Dude, she just played the forum like within the last year and a half or something like that. And that place sold out in an instant. People and were going crazy for that And tour. everybody there liked it. Wow, you I'm are s- not part of the Rhythm Nation. I am no, not. No, you are That's not. Correct. This is I mean, upsetting. What have you done for me lately, Kevin? All right, that, the too far. Would you like to take that back? I mean, first of all, Allie. Uh-huh. You're not part of the Rhythm Nation. Yeah, I'll take it back. Okay, I was going to say I didn't despise it because at least it worked in the conversation right. of right. the sentence. Yeah, the beans didn't work, so beans... I feel like it lessened mine. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree Bean... I should have exercised better control. Oh, fine. Would you like to take that back? Start the next one. Next up is uh, Allie. Oh. Oh. She was talking about an auction of celebrity stuff, and mm-hmm. Bean was talking about some stuff that he would buy from an astronaut named, <laughs> <laughs> named Neil Armstrong. <laughs> I will tell you that I have not perused the whole list, but mm-hmm. you guys have been seeing in the news that uh, Neil Armstrong's sons are putting a lot of his memorabilia, including things that he took to the moon with him, up for sale right now. There's oh, convert- like Alice? Um... <laughs> Like Alice. That's a great reference to the moon. <laughs> oh, I see. So I got you. <laughs> I got and you. the fact that Kevin got it. Put it in the file with it way in the file. Prejudice. Horrible. Way in the file. <laughs> Would you like to take that back? How do I get in trouble for recognizing the reference? How do I get made fun of for that? Here's the thing. You, oh, like Alice? You laughed. Would you like to take that back? You laughed so hard at that because it was so stupid. Yes. Things and, that he brought to the moon. Oh, like Alice? That is so it's dumb. It's so stupid. And also, Bean didn't get it because it was poorly done. How dare you? And it was you? a reference Would from the like 1950s, by the way, which no one listening now no, even knows you what do, the hell Bean. you were talking about. You should have gotten that of all, of all people. people. should have gotten it. And for that... I'm keeping it. All right. Wow. Yeah, suck it. Guess who's up next? Allie. Oh. We were talking, uh, I think it was yesterday, about the finale of, uh, not the finale, but the last episode of The Walking Dead Uh with Rick Grimes. 
It was good to see all of those old characters come back in the last, last episode. Yeah. It was really fun. Especially Herschel. It was well done. Since, no, since I hated we Herschel. We, but we, that was a really actor, moving scene, though. Yeah, because the actor just died yeah. a couple yeah. months ago. It's really I'm touching. Just so, I'm so glad we got a chance to see him again. Yeah. Wow. And with both legs. Right? I'm just talking about the show, you guys. Brings Herschel Walker to real life. <laughs> <laughs> Get his no. legs back. It's not. No? Uh-uh. Nope. I didn't love it either. Would you like to take that back? <laughs> You didn't even like it at the time. Why would I accept that? that? that was I don't know. It's so stupid. I don't know why you would have said Herschel that. Herschel Walker? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Just, I'll take it back all day. That all right. was awful. I, I feel like you should be fined for that one. <laughs> oh, take it easy. You both had equal numbers. Uh. The Kevin and Bean Show mornings on K-Rock. K-Rock, K-Rock, K-Rock. Sounds kind of boring. I was just thinking, we've had thousands of guests over the years doing this program. I don't remember the last time we had one who raced from a radio show <laughs> to get to here to be a guest on our show. She raced from her own program to join us in studio here at K-Rock. But ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Glazer is here. Hello. On the Kevin and Show. Hey, Nikki, welcome back. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> Congratulations on your new uh, Sirius XM show. What makes you a very popular and successful stand-up comedian and, and television personality want to get up at the crack of ass and do your own morning radio show? I don't know. I think I just, I I don't know. I, I, I've i always loved radio and I've become pretty g- well versed in it and, and I think good at it because mm-hmm. I just promote shows on the road all the time. And I just, and it's a medium also where you don't need to wear like makeup and look great every day. And I yeah, think we as wanted an to aging talk to you about woman, that actually, Nikki. Um, <laughs> I resent that. I, I, I just, as an aging woman in this business, I was like, I want to get into radio because Wait, you're I don't... an aging woman. Yes, in this I, business. In yes. this business, really? sadly. Oh yeah. I mean, every day it's like a new thing. I just discover something new. I hate about the way I look, and I'm like, I want to get into something where looks don't really matter that much. And but the thing is, now they do because every everyone has cameras in studio, <laughs> That's true, and then yeah. you take pictures after the show that you have to put it on your socials. So I still have to wear hair and makeup and and do that stuff, but. It's less about that. And um and yeah, I actually I moved to New York City so that I could do my show later because oh, it's three hours later. So, so I figured out I could sleep in three more hours. And so Very I do it smart. every day from ten to noon uh, in New York. I uh, I don't want to brag, guys, but I am in the central time zone for very similar reasons mm-hmm. right now. So yeah. I hear what you're saying, Nikki. Now, have you gotten to interview people that you admire or were excited to talk to doing your own radio show? Just a lot of supermodels I like meeting. I like meeting just like I like meeting <laughs> models because they're they're not that interesting, but they're so beautiful. And I mm-hmm. just like to talk to them about like, what's it like to be a model? I really find them. <laughs> what's it like being so attractive? Yeah. What's it like to have everything that matters about you? be totally physical and and because <laughs> that that is a it's it is a sad life because obviously we all age and then that goes away and I'm fascinated by like what are you going to do when you age and they don't really think about it is what I've found they don't they don't have a plan I can see that who wants to think about that you got to have a plan and of course it's going to happen of course Nikki do these models that come by your show enjoy your line of questioning um <laughs> They don't care for it. They they really don't want to think about those things. But I, I used to have dogs. I got rid of my dogs. But when I had dogs, and by the oh, way, I didn't say it like yeah, that. Don't what do you mean you got like rid that. of them? You well, they went to live parents. on a farm. Right. I didn't kill them, but I gave them to my parents to kill. So they're gonna take care of it. Send me the invoice. But um, 
I when I had dogs, I would I got dogs and I couldn't stop thinking about like, oh my god, I'm gonna see these things die someday. I can't believe that. And people go, why would you think about that? And I go, I don't know, because I plan on living eleven more years. Like I'm, it's gonna <laughs> that's, happen. Reality. That's yeah. a, sort of a weird way to look at it. But though. it's true. It's but sort, you're but right. You are... Except for most people are just like, let's enjoy it now. Yeah, I know. I'm not one of those people. And I, and I don't, <laughs> I'm not one of these people that's like, I just want my dogs to outlive me. And I'm just going to, I want to live long enough to walk my dogs down the aisle and see them into their next life. Like, no, you're going to see them die. I like to have control over those things. I like to have a plan. Like for my dogs, I used to just pick up my dog, Marion, and tell her like, I'm going to kill you someday. I used to like say it like that because she likes when I talk to her like that. But Does the she? truth is, I am going to kill her someday. If she, if I get her back, someday, if everything goes well, where there's not a freak accident, or she doesn't get hit by a car, or, or uh, hit by a coyote, or whatever, uh, a coyote <laughs> takes a hit out on her, uh, <laughs> then I will reach a point where someday I will bring her into the vet, and it will be me telling the vet, like, Finish her. But that's a horrible say, thing. You know, to finish her. I mean, <laughs> that, that's a horrible thing to focus on throughout those 11 years. I, I don't focus on it all the time, but I just want to wrap my head around it because it will happen. And I like But it's to very be upsetting prepared. for your dog to hear, Nikki. I mean, come on. But At least I you can say keep it, it to like yourself. This, I'm going to kill you someday. <laughs> and she goes, ah, she doesn't even know what I'm saying. Her tail's all wagging. I go, I hate you. You're ugly and a burden on my life. But I'm going to give you away in a couple months. I literally, I moved to New York City with. So I had two. Do- I got two dogs. When I was living in LA. What size? I- what were they? They're one- they're tiny. Okay. You know, like one is twenty pounds, the other is like six pounds. And I, uh, th- all I had to do when they had to go to the bathroom was like, you know, walk them once or twice a day. But it was like very easy, and I would have dog walkers uh, to supplement. And then also I would just open my back door, and they would go out in the yard, and they come back in. It was just like a great relationship. And then I moved to New York City, and I moved in January, and I moved to a four-floor walk-up. So every time they had to go outside to go pee, you walk up and down four flights of stairs. And after about two weeks of that, I just I kind of started fantasizing about them passing away, like, sooner than later. I I hated myself for it, because these dogs were my life. I... Love these dogs. But it sounds I, like it. Every time I close my eyes, I would be like, when are they going to die? When am I going to be free? Like, I think it's okay that blink. you're not a pet owner now. Yeah, I, I think, think that's so, too. And that's I, probably I think a good we can, move. We can go out on a limb and safely say, um, you're not getting those dogs back. I know. They <laughs> yeah. are living the best yeah. life. I called my parents because I just I was really like, TikTok, guys. When is this going to go? <laughs> and I wasn't going to do anything drastic. But I will say, we were spending a little bit more time on the balcony. Uh, you know, accidents do happen. Sure. I was going to some dark places. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to have these another 10 years. And and I never thought I would think this way because I love these dogs more than I could ever think. Yeah, I well, you're a anything. huge animal lover, it sounds too. Like it. I am. General, I'm yeah. a huge animal lover. But then I got rid of the dogs. So my mom came to New York, and she, got, and she took them back to St. Louis. And people were checking in on me. They were like, are you going to be okay? They're bringing casseroles by the house. Like, I've just suffered this great loss. And I had to kind of play it up like... You know, it's really hard. But in all honesty, from the second they left, I have been living life like Casey Anthony. Like, I, it was the best decision of my life. I got my life back. No regrets. And right. I know that is a terrible thing to say. My dogs are very much alive. It's not as bad as Casey Anthony. But I really, I, I, I know that people go, how could she be in these wet T-shirt contests after? And it's like, no, this bitch had felt freedom again. And I related to it, and I hate to say that I relate to it, but I do relate to it. And that is Let's, why I've decided to never have children.
That's probably that's also very a good safe. choice. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm All right, my let's tubes time. Let's uh, let's pause on a happy note, shall we? Yeah. Is there one? Nikki Glaser is here. The show is uh, Monday through Thursdays from seven to nine on Comedy Central Radio. That's Sirius XM Channel ninety five. If you want to check out Nikki, quick break. More with our guest right after this on K Rock. Kevin and Bean on K Rock K R O Q. Uh, Nikki Glaser in studio with us now on the Kevin and Bean Show. She is here uh, not to promote any stand-up for a change, right, Nikki? You don't you have know, any current local dates happening? Oh, I have tons of dates all over the place, like NikkiGlaser.com. Mm-hmm. I'm touring the country every single weekend for the next six months of my life leading up to a Netflix special taping, so I'm really building awesome. my hour right now. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm really here to, t- uh, yeah, I have a radio show that I do every single day, Monday through Thursday, on Sirius Channel 95 from 10 to 12 Eastern. Fantastic. Yeah. Seven to nine for us. Seven to nine for you. Since the last time we saw you, I hear you, I didn't follow it closely, but I assume you won Dancing with the Stars, right? Um, yes, I, I got first voted off. So, <laughs> so in a way, I it's got first. first. Sure. I got first um, okay. in some sort of way. Yes, I was on Dancing with the Stars on the current season. The funniest thing is I've been kicked off this show now for two months, and the show is still on the air. <laughs> Lord. And wow. I, I'm on, I was a cast member on a show that is currently on the air, and it's just, it feels so far removed because I was immediately asked to leave but um before you danced oh god no <laughs> directly after they couldn't have gotten me off any quicker why i did, did two dances want, and then why they... do you want to do it nikki i don't know i don't know you but it doesn't yeah. seem like the type of thing that would be in your comfort zone it was the most and that's why i wanted to do it was because i have never been more terrified to do anything in my life i can't imagine Anything I'd rather not do. I'm a vegan, and I was thinking about it. I'd rather slaughter an animal on live television than dance on television because I have never danced before in my life. I, If anything, I am really was uh, t- terribly ashamed of how bad I am at dancing. I was ashamed at a young age. I like did a dance once for my mom in my kitchen, and I remember my mom being like, you're bad at dancing. Like You have no natural talent. Just, like She was just like calling what it was because I don't. Yeah. I yeah. literally have none, and everyone... Everyone leading up to this, because I told the producers, I was like, I don't have any dance experience. And they're like, you can probably figure it out. I get there, and my dance partner, by the way, um, is named Gleb Sevchenko. He is uh, the hottest man that's ever talked to me, let alone, like, danced with me. So that's comfortable. He was, it was awesome. But when he first met me, he was like, oh, okay. Like, I look like I could baby dance. I'm of course, fit. you do. I'm, yes. I look like I might be have been a ballerina at one point. Like, I, 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 I present as someone who is fit and physically capable of dancing. Absolutely. And then I started dancing, and he told me later on, he was like, Oh no! Like he went home from uh, the first rehearsal really? and talked to his wife, who is a, a choreographer on "So You Think You Can Dance." So they're both dancers, and he told her, "Like I don't know what I'm going to do." I'm in do. trouble. He, and he's been, he's been, he's done every iteration of the show. The show is on in 52 different countries, and he's done a bunch of different uh, versions of the show in, across the world. And he said he's never had a challenge quite like mine. He's never met someone. He said he's never met someone who worked harder than me, but he's never met someone who is has no natural ability quite like yeah. I, I had. And he told me wow. he was like, "You dance like a robot," and I was like, "That's not nice." And he real and I started crying like why is he told because he would just say really insulting things not knowing that they were insulting because he's Russian and like they're just very cold and harsh and right. just call it like it is and he would tell me you dance like a robot and I was like Gleb that is not nice and he was like and then he spun it he was like no but I can reprogram you because no one's ever and I was like yeah 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 but he could not I mean I was terrible and I was the first to go and 
I really signed up for the show thinking like the worst thing that could happen would be I'm the first voted off. But I go, that's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna be the first of all. There's a blind woman in the competition, so certainly I'm not gonna be the the worst dancer. And they no, they determined I was. I was the first to go. I think I would have done better had I been blind because. <laughs> Because I I couldn't learn from my partner because he was so hot. I would just get distracted. Just distracted. Yeah. He Fair would enough. be talking to me, and I would be like, Gleb, you're so hot. I just have to tell you right now. Like, look how hot you are. And he'd be like, I'm trying to teach you. And I'm like, I just need you to know. And he's like, how do I respond to that? I'm like, just take it in. Like, you're so hot. If you don't know what Gleb Sevchenko What's looks like. What's his name? His name is First... Gleb Sevchenko. Sevchenko. Right. He is as hot as his name is That's disgusting. Okay, so those are equivalents. He was so hot. I was... I got to dance with this guy four hours a day, seven days a week, for 30 days leading up to the live performance. Mm -hmm. So I've been off the show for two months now. I'm still drying out, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Understood. I <Yes>. was saturated <laughs> for a month. Do saturated. You, do you think you would have made it further if you had an uglier instructor? I probably would have because I was literally – he turned me into a Samantha. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Like, I always really resonated with a Carrie on Sex and the City. I literally was such a horn dog around this guy. I couldn't I, – I was so gross, and I really apologize to Gleb and everyone who had to witness it. But I was – I was scared I was going to slip during the performance because he No, we got, understand. We, we, get, we, we get it. There's yeah. moisture. Yeah, we, oh, right, we got right, it. Right, You yeah. got it. That I was really, my right. dew point no, no, was, we, oh, okay. I can understand. stop talking okay, now. Okay, thank you. Great. So that was the, uh, that was the Dancing with the Stars. Uh, yep. Before we uh, yeah. run out of time, and unfortunately this isn't satellite, so we really do unfortunately have to have to go. We do have 60 seconds with Nikki Glazer. Again, uh, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9, Comedy Central Radio, Sirius XM Channel yes. 95. Kevin is going to fire a bunch of questions. That you got 60 seconds to answer. First thing that comes to your mind, Nick. Great. You ready? 60 Let's seconds with Nikki. I Blazer. love this. What were you like in high school? Uh, quiet but funny. What's the worst TV show you like? The worst TV show I like. Skip. Sorry, I don't. I don't have one. Dog kisses on the mouth. Yes or no? Yes. What's the worst job you've ever had? Uh, uh, working at a, a salon where I cried because I overcharged someone and um, and I got yelled at and I never went back to collect my paycheck because I was so embarrassed at having done such a bad job. So they still owe me money. Uh, do you have any uh, secret talents? Um, yeah, I can like do prayer hands behind my back. Prayer hands okay. behind my back. Okay. Yes. Um, we assume that's what you're doing. And wiggle my ears. Uh, mustaches, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What fashion trend do you just not get? I don't like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, skip. Sorry. I don't skip, know. Okay. God, I'm terrible at this. What's something people. Oh, God. <laughs> TV show I watch that I'm embarrassed by. Um, like. That, what... that might take a little too much time. I should take that one off the list, probably. Yeah, I just don't, it's not I don't a rapid watch fire... any TV. I listen to podcasts and listen to ASMR videos. ASMR videos. You yeah, do that. you know about that. Oh, right? sure. Oh, yeah. yeah that's oh, my, that's oh, yeah. what I'm doing. That's your jam? Oh, my God. Hold on. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> Hey, Nikki, thanks, thanks a lot for coming by. We really enjoyed seeing you again. Thank you for having me. It's been so good being here, you guys. Good luck, I really you guys. love you. Thank you. Okay, next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bitter, predictable, whining disc jockeys. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Hey, don't uh, say it, Kevin. Guys, don't say it, Kevin. Uh, beer mug don't is in the studio, it, and he's uh, standing in front of a microphone. Beer mug is not only invited. Okay. We not only want him on the uh, air. So he, turn on his mic. Turn on his microphone. Okay. He is our special guest for this oh. segment. Hey, mugs. Happy, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays and almost a happy new year. How's everybody doing? 
Good to see you, son. Let me tell you, Happy New Year is good. <laughs> Let me tell you something about uh, beer mug that people don't know. We uh, we uh, there's a you know there's a fire beer mug movement afoot in this country at all times. Beer mug is our most valuable player wow. here. On the Kevin I think Bean so show. too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank he you be, guys. He may be the most popular member of the Kevin and Bean show. If I can go so far as to say that. Wow. That may be too far, but I mean, I agree <laughs> with the first one. We love this dude, and you can put, just like, you know, just like a, you know, utility player, you can put him in any position. He can pitch, he can catch, he can play first base, you can put him in the outfield, he always performs. And but one he of leaves his... once the team gets behind, so don't forget <laughs> that. That's true, too. That's his mom. Oh. But his, his most special skill uh. is when we send him out to events all over Southern California on the red carpet. And he had another banner year in 2018. It's time for the top 10 beer mug interview moments the top interview moments the top interview moments the top interview moments that's outrageous when your mugs on the case you'll stick a microphone in your face questions he's got none he just yells that is awesome and when you think that is it he says that's fantastic Yeah. So Beer Mug goes out to red carpet events, to movie premieres, to sporting events, to MTV events. Whatever it is, we send him out there. The Hollywood Christmas Parade he did recently, and uh, we have compiled. It was very tough to narrow these down, but uh, there are a couple of different kinds of Beer Mug uh, interview moments that he does. My favorite is when he has a great idea for a question, and in his mind, I'm sure it's well-crafted. It doesn't always come out that way. Number 10. What's your main inspiration from... I guess uh, outside everyday environmental factors. How, well, what's your? What, how do you sit down and go? Oh, God, I have to be inspired. A a score that's supposed to emotionally move people. <laughs> I mean, we know what he was trying to say there, right? Do we though? <laughs> environmental, the environmental factors. What? Like the uh, smog and the pollution? What? Like. <laughs> I think beer mug is perfect, and I think that question was perfect, and that's why it's number ten. That confused me. A, uh, a variation of that is, you know, just talking to an actor about what it's like being a successful franchise. Number nine. What is it like, Seth, being st- part of one of the biggest comic book movies to to hit the to hit the scene in the longest time? I mean, <laughs> I think we get his point, right? Sure. Yes. Now, there's a special kind of thing that Beer Mug does. Look, look, look. Radio is low man on the totem pole sometimes, Mugs. You oftentimes go to events where the big stars just blow on by you because they want to talk to Access Hollywood, yeah, right? Very, very often that happens. And But you got to give Mugs credit. He doesn't just stand there like a wallflower. He tries to get these people over. Sometimes I question the technique he uses to try to get them over. Number eight. Evangeline, you're looking beautiful. I wish I could fit into that dress. What? <laughs> Now that cracks mugs up. Why would you want to fit into her dress? Like, how does that make any sense? And how does that get her want to come to talk to you? I think the whole uh, two words I was missing in that sentence was with you. And I was going to be. Oh, that's much worse. That's much worse. Way worse. I'm glad that you were. So I I think, you know. I wish I could fit into that dress would have never entered my mind. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And you heard him crack himself Uh, up. And now he evaluates the success Uh, of his question. I made her smile and stick her tongue out at me. That means that was a great interview, I think. So in Muggs' mind, that was a successful Evangeline Lilly interview. Yeah. Wow. All right. I don't know what's going on with this one. This is at the ESPYs, and Denver Broncos great Von Miller goes by, and oh. Muggs is doing what Muggs does, which is to try to get him to come over and talk to him in the microphone. Number seven. Hey, the ESPYs don't start until Vaughn shows up right there. Vaughn, what's up, fam? 
Von Mila. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Well, you know, Von is uh, German. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Von Mila. I mean, you make him sound like an SS agent or something. What are you trying to do? Why are you doing that? I was just trying to get his attention any way I could. Why but wasn't he already walking by? Uh, he was approaching. It sounded like it was a recap. No, okay. <laughs> he was approaching. All right. Yeah. Now, maybe you remember, Muggs. I don't know the context of this, but we had just announced the weenie roast over the summer. And for some reason, you decided to play a game with somebody on the red carpet where you sang a Blink-182 song. Do you remember this and why? Oh, yeah. I think it was with uh, a guy named Sean... Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Oh, well. Yeah, I think it was at the Avengers red carpet, and mm-hmm. I was I was doing like finish the lyric, and I started the lyrics. And well, but why would you do that with a random person who has nothing to do with Blink One Eighty Two and nothing to do with the Weenie Rose? Yeah, I have you know just you know Weenie Rose promotion, I guess. I don't know. Number six. Oh, Jeff, before you go, yes. I gotta ask you to finish this lyric. We just announced our Weenie Rose lineup, so I'm just, okay. How about this? All right, just say the final lyric. Okay, I'm gonna start it off. All right, late night, come home. Work sucks. I know. Surprises. Let's me know she cares. I almost messed that up. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. I, I fed that up. I cares. Wow. It's okay. I she, cover it with she left me roses by the stairs. Okay. So he's trying it again, by the way. Again, Jeez. this person has nothing to do with the weenie roast. No. This poor guy is just there to promote his movie. Maybe, right? Maybe he liked Blink. I don't know. Surprises you did the right. Know she cares. <laughs> I'm sorry I messed that up so bad, oh, Jeff. Good, man. I, knew, they, I knew it. So it was a good. It was a good choice. My game turned around on me, making me look like a fool. I don't think what? I'll ever understand that one. <laughs> I don't, I don't. All right. One of the other things that Muggs does when he gets frustrated, it's late in the night, and he's not getting the people he wants to, is he decides to just conduct his own interviews where he plays both parts. Right. So Muggs is the interviewer and also the interviewee. And he was on fire at this premiere. Number five. Hey, it's Paul Rudd. Paul, uh, tell me what it was like uh, playing Ant-Man. It was cool. <laughs> oh, thank you, Paul. Uh, hey, Michael, uh, uh, tell me what it was like uh, playing Dr. Hank Pym. I'm Michael Douglas. Why is Michael Douglas soul brother number one? <laughs> I love it. Sounded just like Michelle, both of them. I loved you in Scarface. Okay. Wow. So if you had got the opportunity to talk to Michelle Fiverr, you would have brought up her Red Hot film for 40 years ago. <laughs> That's what I do, man. That's right? where you were going. That's what I do. He was locked and loaded with that question. <laughs> Most recently, and by the way, this isn't the first time Muggs has tried to interview somebody who can't talk back to him, right? Somebody right. Who, yeah. who, who, who's like a mascot in this mm-hmm, case. Sure. Well, Muggs was at the Hollywood Christmas parade, oh, and, and Gumby showed oh. up. Now, I would think, and I understand that they brought Gumby over and you were just trying to not offend the publicist by, by talking to him, but let's bear in mind as Muggs begins this interview, he knows Gumby doesn't talk. Number four. Gumby, is there, a, is there anything you could say about the Hollywood Christmas parade? How excited are you to be here? You heard it from the man here himself, Gumby. All right, so you think he would be done now because he's already placated the publicist right. mm-hmm. and pretended to interview Gumby who doesn't talk. That's a wrap on that one. I would think so, too. Oh. Although Muggs isn't dumb because he has a lot of Gumby feelings. Well, i got to tell you, Gumby, uh, it might make you feel good that when I was four, I had a uh, Gumby and Pokey action figures. Unfortunately, my dog got to him. Okay, I don't know how you thought that would make Gumby feel good. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to make you feel good, but my dog chewed you up when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> We're counting down the top ten beer mug interview moments. Uh, here's an all-time classic with an all-time musical legend. Number three. When I first heard Mr. Boombastic, it affected me in a way that your deep, sensual voice 
hasn't affected anyone before. I mean, it was. <laughs> That's a fantastic point, by the Were way. Were you pointing at your junk while asking this? <laughs> I do feel like it, right? Has a man told you that before? Again, very weird. I don't normally do impressions for the person that I'm standing in front of, of the person that I'm standing in front of. But here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and you tell me what, what you think. I know I'm not gonna be like you, but here we go. Ready? Here we go. Mr. Boombastic, baby, fantastic. Touch me in my back, Mr. Roll. I think it might work for you. It wouldn't work for me. <laughs> I got news for you. It worked for Muggs. <laughs> I love that so much. Can we give Muggs credit for being bold enough to yes. do a Shaggy impression in front of Shaggy? Yes. There's a fine line between bold and stupid, and I'm not positive. <laughs> Thank you. But I love whichever, wherever he landed. Thank you. All right. This one surprised me, to tell you the truth, that we didn't talk about it more at the time and that it didn't get more coverage just in general in the media. Number two. Here comes the man, Stan. Man, Stan Lee. What the f***? I mean, really, mugs. That was just, that was. Bean. That was sad. Too soon. Bean. <laughs> that, that wasn't me. That was. I don't, that was. Bean. That was, I can't believe you did that, mugs. <laughs> Can you guys miss what happened? Wow. There? Was, Here comes the man, Stan. Man, Stan Lee. What the f***? I mean, come on with that. That is Bugs. not okay, Muggs. I can't wow. believe Why would you do you that? did that. Muggs <laughs> had a hell of a year, you guys. It was very tough to narrow it down, but here it is. Beer Muggs' top moment of 2018. Number one. Nice to meet you, and your name? Leslie. Leslie the Stingray. Stingray. Uh, of Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Leslie's not the one that, that killed Steve Irwin, right? No, 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 no. Too soon? <laughs> no, no, Was this no. a, a guy who shows up in a stingray suit? <laughs> yeah. And you thought co- somehow he was the actual fish. Costume character. That jumped out and killed Steve Irwin. I mean, that's now. that's fantastic. Okay. So you killed that's, someone at number two and number one. That wow. makes, uh, number one makes up for number two. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Muggs. Great year. Thank you. You're not doing good so far. So far. The Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good on K-Rock. K-Rock. I know you guys uh, saw this story yesterday of this uh, woman who uh, was very unhappy with the way Southwest Airlines treated her daughter as they were trying to board a flight. Mm -hmm. Uh, The (laughs) mom is 100% in the right here. The Southwest Airlines employee is 100% in the wrong. We all agree on that before we get into the, the specifics of it, right? That's my view, yeah. Same. Allie? Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's find out. All right. For a Texas woman and her five-year-old daughter, a Southwest Airlines flight home turned into a social media nightmare. Tracy Redford says her daughter's unique name caught the attention of a Southwest Airlines gate agent. This is Absidy, but her name is spelled A-B-C-D-E. All right, Allie, your thoughts? Your mom's an asshole. (laughs) Your mom is a complete and utter piece of crap for doing that to you knowing that everywhere you go people are going to be like absidy what is that well it's spelled a b c d e oh really that's the only reason she named her that was to get a response from people yeah probably i agree Uh, you don't think she liked the name I think she liked people that went, oh, my God, that's so weird. That's so unique. That's so crazy. I think it's a look at me as a parent. Absolutely. I do. Um, Would it surprise you guys to know that there are hundreds of people, girls, in the United States named Absidy? It would because I always thought that this was an urban legend. Me too. I always thought Mm -hmm. it was, oh, I taught a student named Absidy. No, you didn't. 
No one did. It's just a story oh, that keeps I didn't, going. But a friend of mine heard right. from. Had right. you always heard that it was Ab City? Because I believe the pronunciation of A B C D E is crazy in this situation. Like, did what you, should it be? Well, I don't know. Oh. That's, I always heard that there were kids named A B C D E, but I just was like, how would you even say that? Right. Mm-hmm. But Ab City has that always been the way that you've heard it yes. pronounced. I think so. Yeah. Yes, Ab City. Because yeah. I like that name. Ab City. Kind of. Does it oh, make no. a difference to you guys in the reaction that this woman – again, we're all saying the Southwest Airlines lady who mocked a child is wrong. Yes. But does it make a difference in, in your opinion, Allie, if you find out that this name is way more common than you thought and there are hundreds of people with that No, name? it makes me more upset that there's hundreds of assholes naming their kids <laughs> absentee. The, uh, the earliest – I did some uh, some research on this. All yesterday. right. The earliest um, um, compilation of baby names – People names, really, in the United States goes back to the census of 1850 through 1860. There Those were, are my, that was my favorite decade. There were the 10 names. absides in between 1850 and 1860. The name goes back that far. And as of 2014, there were 328 uh, women in the United States that is named absides. shocking. 328 yeah. as of 2014. I don't know if it's up or down since then. Wait, you said look, women. Are there any men? No, it's a girl's name. Huh. It's a girl's, oh, name. Yeah, girl's clearly, name, Kevin. Clearly. Yeah, 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 I should yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's very popular in Hawaii. Apparently Hawaii has the most of them for some reason, which huh. is odd because in the Hawaiian uh, alphabet, there uh, some of those letters don't even exist. Huh. <laughs> you know, like the B is not even a Hawaiian Hawaiian letter. But anyway, let's hear some more about what happened to poor little Absidy. The gate agent started mocking my child's name, laughing, pointing at me and my daughter, um, talking to other employees. So I turned around and just said, like, hey, I can hear you. So if I can hear you, my daughter can, too. Like, I'd appreciate if you just stop. Right. Well, Let you... the daughter on and then mock the mom yeah. endlessly. Yeah, once yeah. they walk away. Absolutely. Right. No, the gate agent is wrong in this. Absolutely. You don't mock a child. It's it's awful. And not the child's fault at all. You feel that had just better get used to it because this absolutely. is going to be the rest of her life is Buckle what you're saying. Buckle up, Absidy. How old is Absidy? Five. Uh, I do know. I I do know a kid who has a sort of goofy kind like uh, name. Mm-hmm. If you say Lamangelo, I swear to God. <laughs> no, no. no. Okay. A, a goofy name, and and she's about seven or eight. And at school, she started asking on her own to be called her middle name, which is Kathleen. Right. So the child can make a decision eventually to be like, listen, my parents are idiots. Yeah. I don't want to be absidy for the rest of my life. But not normally five, so it's going to take her another three years. But three what if four her years. middle name is F G H I J K? Well, then, do we know? Honestly. We, we actually don't. Fidget? Fidget? <laughs> Southwest Airlines has uh, has uh, issued a statement. We extend our sincere apology to the family. We take great pride in extending our Southwest hospitality to all of our customers, which lives by the golden rule, blah, 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 blah. So that's, uh, that's the story of uh, Absidy. So you say the Southwest Airlines agent is wrong, definitely, but you're not letting the mom off the hook. No, oh, no, the, the mom is the idiot here. Yeah. Guys, She's the reason. I kind of like the name. I just don't like the spelling. Or do, we don't think Absidy is a weird name, right? Like, that's fine. I mean, I, mean, I think it's a weird name. Yeah, especially unusual. if it's spelled A-B-C-D-E. Yes, yeah. well, that's stupid. That's but my, stupid. But my name is Jensen. I have a unique name. Not a lot of people mm-hmm. have that. Yeah, but that's not just the first letters of the alphabet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I that's think sure. I, I may be a little bit more on the mom's side because I've been calling, when I lift my shirt up, Ab City for years. Oh, right, oh right, right. my God. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show. Just, 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 just not, not, not funny. K-Rock. I found this. On YouTube, do, 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 do. On YouTube, do, 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 do. On YouTube, do, 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 do. On YouTube. Ah. Uh, 
yeah, I get it. You hate DJ Khaled. I do. It, yes. It makes so much sense because he's annoying and mm-hmm. he has no self-awareness. It's almost just like 100% hype. Yeah. And nothing else. I agree with you. Okay. Because the new DJ Khaled is awful. But DJ Khaled has been basically in hip-hop for like a decade before you knew who he was. Oh, really? And the best part about him for a very long time was that he had absolutely no self-awareness to why it's cool. Because now you see him and he's like big, you know, he's yelling and, you know, he's like, keys to success. and So he's sort of playing a representation of himself that he thinks everybody loves? You know how you have that friend who, like, does something funny and you all laugh at it behind his back, but then he figures out you're laughing and yeah. now he's in on the joke and you're like, don't do it anymore? <laughs> right. That's DJ Khaled. Okay. But for a very long time, it was great. He was a Miami radio DJ in the late 90s on a station called 99 Jams. And as you know, I'm very bean-like. Sure. So I listen to radio stations all over the country for no right. apparent reason. Uh, and, and he was like a weeknight radio guy. Oh. And, okay. And he didn't, he was like kind of like fighting his way up. I mean, there's some LA guys similar. There's like, mm-hmm. there was a guy named Felly Fell out here for a long mm-hmm. time. Like mm-hmm. dudes who just know a lot of people in hip hop and are radio guys. That okay. was all Khaled was. He wasn't okay. a producer. He wasn't anything. So w- he would do live reads on this station. And I, I remembered hearing one that, I, I couldn't get out of my head forever. And it was the DJ Khaled who at the time went by uh, the offensive name Arab Attack, which is... Uh, that was his, his that was name? Like his other moniker, DJ Khaled Arab Attack. And I remembered that being one of his names and being like, oh, well, I'm in love with this guy. Uh, <laughs> Bad choices. And then I heard his McDonald's commercials. So these are live reads that he would do on the air for McDonald's. Uh, let's just start with one immediately. And you know how passionate I am about McDonald's. Check this out. Sasha's Biscuit, 89 cents all week. I love Sasha's Biscuits. Let me tell you something about that Sasha's Biscuit. First of all, the biscuit right. is so amazing. And that sausage, mm-hmm. when you take one bite, let me tell you something about that one bite. Yeah. You be like, now nah, this is what you call a good morning. Like, wow. Something to keep in mind about DJ Khaled, he's Muslim. Uh, so he can't eat the sausage. Is biscuit. that right? Yeah, he can't even eat so he's it. He's acting. You know what's ah. funny, though, is before he became the guy that we all know that's just the hype man and yeah. everything, he still had a lot of that just straight hype. Oh, he's, he's a liar. Talking... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually full of it's a BS. sausage biscuit. Let me break that down for you. There's yeah. a sausage and a biscuit. And a biscuit. And he is just, uh, these these live reads were so out of control that I, we be, I became, and a lot of hip-hop became obsessed with them. Now, another thing you have to know about DJ Khaled is he's currently a Weight Watchers ambassador. Uh-huh. He's been so for about eight months. I thought he, he was overweight. He's gained weight. Uh, okay. he's, he's the worst <laughs> spokesperson for Weight Watchers ever. And even before he became you know super famous like he is now, he used to always Instagram pictures of himself on a treadmill or with weights. He's never lost a pound. Wow. Yeah. And one time, while he was on the treadmill, he was like, I'm on the treadmill. I'm getting my work done. And accidentally, he's like, I've been here. I've been doing my work. And he's like sweating. But then accidentally, the camera passes the screen to the treadmill. And he, it's like eight seconds. He's been on for eight seconds. <laughs> he was an amazing person who wasn't in on the joke. Here's another part of the live read. And you'll just see he was great at one time. My thing is, I bought three of them. I don't know what you bought. I bought three. And now they only got it for 89 cents only for this week. So I ain't gonna lie to you, might be six. Three on the way to work, oh. and three later. 
I think we figured out why he's not losing weight. Yeah, no right kidding. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He, he's eating six yeah. sausage biscuits. Is Weight Watchers cool with that? Oh, I don't think it's on the point system. <laughs> okay. uh, here's some more of Khaled. Now, the chicken nuggets with that barbecue sauce, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I put two or three in my mouth immediately and start eating it like crazy. And you know what I do? I go back in my pocket, I buy more nuggets. <laughs> and I get another double cheeseburger. You want to know why? Because there's a recession out there, and I love food, and so for a dollar. <laughs> I mean, he's I, got a good point. I'm going to uh, tell you, this is a very effective commercial. I'm telling you, he was a great radio <laughs> DJ. I, we just sent we just sent someone out to McDonald's to bring back this morning. By the way, because yeah. this is already working. He is a good spokesperson because he wasn't aware. Now, mm-hmm. he, now it's so you're used to him saying these things. Yeah, sure. But uh, this one is the one I think of all the time. The McCafe Hot Chocolate. Let me tell you something about the McCafe Hot Chocolate. When you put that whipped cream on top and that chocolate syrup and that steamed milk, before you even drink it, when you have it in your hand and you feel how warm it is and you're saying, man, when I take a sip of this and then you take a sip and that whipped cream's on your face and even hits your nose, you don't even (laughs) get mad. You don't even wipe it off because you immediately go back in for more hot chocolate. You don't even get mad. He's like, and then that whooped cream, that whooped cream up in your face. It's like it is the craziest person who's ever lived. And again, I I need a hot chocolate now. I know it's easy to hate DJ Khaled now, and you should because he's annoying. He's the worst. He knows the joke. But please understand, there's a decade worth of DJ Khaled before he knew why he was funny. I love it, and I found it on YouTube. McDonald's. I'm. Excuse me. We loving it. I found this on YouTube. Do, 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 do. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. K R O Q. How about the Kevin Bean Afro line? Your calls on the air anytime, day or night. Leave us a message with our voicemail here at the show 323 520 AFRO. Bean, do you have that, uh, uh, whatever her name is, your pizza's here? Jenna! Jenna! Your pizza! <laughs> 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 Best delivery man ever. <laughs> um, there's a guy that called in on the Afro line who does a parody of that. But do you remember when we were talking about um, products that you used in a different way than they were intended? Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you accidentally brush your teeth with uh, hemorrhoid cream. And one of whatever. those was anal relaxer? Yes. Right. <laughs> That's the whole setup for this one. <laughs> I don't know what he said, but I love it. Bean, your ass cream is here, is what he said. <laughs> uh, Bean mentioned that he loves the look of people with braces. I do. Hey, that guy, Bean, he said braces are hot? They are. You know who wears braces? Children. <laughs> um, let's not also forget who his lord and savior was. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that there. You guys do what you want with it. Right, I don't think we need to bring bring that up. But I, I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about adults who wear braces. It's a very attractive look. And I'm think, I'm think, I'm trying to figure out a way to get them. I think I would look better with braces. This is, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to creep me out at 730 in the morning. But, but congratulations. Yeah. Take that, you filthy animals. Yeah. I don't uh, have any idea what that was about. I like it. Uh, Baby Shark is a song that is annoying. Once you hear four seconds of it, you sing it for the rest of the day. Baby Shark, you do-do-do-do-do, baby 
Remember, um, I think it was last week when I got to do the uh, broadcast on Fox Sports West. Yes, I watch it every day. It was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something happened that I noticed as well that this listener points out. So I was at a Kings game last night and saw Kevin's big head everywhere, which is awesome for his charity. And uh, everything was amazing. What wasn't amazing was the organ player playing Baby Shark. Dear God, if I don't get enough of that, I have to hear it at a Kings game. Oh, yeah, and they lost. So, Kevin, you can't go to any more games. Bye. (laughs) Uh, I saw that as well, and I tried to take a picture because they do a thing where you can request it. And then they put the Twitter handle up there of the person who requested that song. (laughs) (laughs) So I tried to get a picture of who it was so I could shame them, but I was unable to. That person is just uh, trolling every other parent that has to hear that song. Of course, there's no way somebody sent that in on, you know, because they really wanted to hear it. Yeah. But the guy on the organ who they now show, they have a camera there. They show him, and he's playing Baby Shark. And happily? He's, along. Yes. he's not He's not tied up and, and forced to do it? Seems happily. Okay. I don't know. Um, hi, Kevin. Um, uh, hi, my name is... I was working in the lab late one night. What did you do? Okay. <laughs> so last week... I was driving to work, and as I exit the freeway, my gas light turns on. I'm like, Ooh. whatever. Park the car. After work, hop in the car, and I'm like, I don't want to put gas. I just want to go home. Right. So I drive home about 30 minutes, and I pick up my fiance to get something to eat. And then real casual, I'm like, hey, you know, we have to stop and put gas. And and as we get next to the pump, the truck just completely shuts off on us. And I was like, hey. We made it. And he's like, really, Brittany? Why are you like this? But you guys, honestly, I didn't hear a single word because I was like, Brittany, you are the queen of the Zero Mile Club. Doo, doo, doo. <laughs> I love that she celebrates herself with that sound at the end. I do, too. She is like Snoop Dogg thanking himself <laughs> at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Muggles. You killed it, bro. Right? You killed it. I want to hear more of that mumblecore rap, baby. Unfire beer mug. What's up, man? It's beer mug. Beer mug. A.K.A. Muggos. Muggo. This is my new song called Mumble Rap. Ha! I'm about to get it. I got a pile of coke. Sniff it. You got a bottle of coke. Drink it. Rob skills are not a joke. Laughing. Got allergies up in my nose. Sneezing. Pass me the weed and I'll toke. Coughing. Exhale all of my smoke. Breathing. Rolling around on the floor. Call it murder, she wrote. Angela. Kevin and Bean is the show. Stupid. K-Rock on your radio. Tune in. I hop in Denny's for show. Bean. Stumbling and slurring, you know. Kevin. Edmund Fitzgerald's a boat. Sinking. Radio on Durf is the code. What? This is the best morning show. That's right. Number one on radio. Hell no. It's lunchtime, where should I go? Hungry. I want a fat burrito. Heartburn. Maybe I'll get a taco. Supreme. Maybe I'll get some nachos. Cheesy. Maybe I'll just get lipo. Skinny. And that means I could eat mo. Then I might go back for mo. Seconds. Then I'll hit toilet bowl. Poo-poo. Baseball's on number one sport. Home run. Mama Mugs doesn't support. Dodgers. I hate living at home. Loser. Can afford to live on my own. Expensive. Can someone please pick up the phone? Ringing. How long should this rap go? Forever. Have to pee, I gotta go. Urine. Twice I just rhyme the word go. Genius. Mumble rap. Mumble in. This is mumble rap and mumble in. Mumble rap. This is mumble rap and mumble I'm all mumbles in the mumble loop. Looks like you came back for Mo. Bring it. I am the star of the show. Beer mug. My belly, I like to show. Harry. Flabby and feeling like dough. Fat ass. No one can mess with my flow. Try it. Jackets, don't try this at home. Knoxville. Hate me, but you're the asshole. Douchebag. Something that rhymes with asshole. Finish. Mumble rap. 
mumbling. This is mumble rapping, mumbling. Mumble rap, this is mumble rapping, mumbly. I'm all mumbles in the mumble loop. By the way, that guy ended his call with higher beer mug. Yeah. Yeah. Unfire beer mug. Unfire beer mug. Yeah. So that's a, a fantastic song that beer mug did by himself. Yeah. Muggos, everybody. It's, right? It's uh, it's somewhere between Gerardo Rico Suave and <laughs> Hammer Adams Family Groove. <laughs> I feel like you're just jealous, Jetson. No, he's very good. 323 520. Oh, so, Kirby, you go ahead. You do it. I, I, I screwed up anyway. Nope. 323 520 AFRO 24 hours a day. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Introducing rock and roll. I love scotch. <laughs> Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. <laughs> You've got the Anchorman in your pocket. We've got the real Anchorman right here in the studio. Will Ferrell is joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I've had it for years. I don't know that why. That is so impressive. I carry it's with still me everywhere in I go. The plastic packaging. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> you, I wouldn't want to take all of the uh, worth out of it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to put that say, on eBay. Those are the type of things that are usually called, you know, collectors' items. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. But that has no value. That's actually lost value. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pay someone to take yep, it. Yep. No, pretty much. Sucks. Will Farrell, welcome to the Kevin and Bean Show. How are you, sir? I Very am happy fantastic. Very happy to, is... to have you. Well, this time of year, you get a lot of elf love out on the streets. There is, uh, it, it grows exponentially each year. I don't know how it does, um, mm-hmm. but my mother just texted me photos of, she walked, was walking through the Gap, her local Gap, and there was just elf t-shirts, elf paraphernalia that I have no idea that's being produced. Excellent. And guess how much money I'm making off of that? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Yes. Uh, so but you, yeah, it just keeps... Multi-million dollar lawsuit? <laughs> oh, I, your mom's your lawyer? I want to announce that now <laughs> that we are filing suit against Time Warner and my mother will be representing us. It's taking it is, the place of like Christmas story. It, yeah, it, it has become the, the new, greatest yeah. Christmas movie of all it's, time uh, for, for the modern generation. It's very flattering. It's still... Uh, people are always surprised because I still chuckle when it's brought up to me because I literally thought it was the end of my career. When I was running around in an elf suit, is that true? Uh, in the streets of New, I just there was just a moment. I just come off of Saturday Night Live, which you know was successful. Was successful, yeah. and I was known for doing edgier humor. Uh, and you know, of course, there were sketches like the cheerleaders and things like that that were more poppy, if you will. But uh, and so I, I just, I just remember thinking, oh, the, a man dressed as an elf, raised mm-hmm. by elves. Uh, this is it for me. A man yeah, child, I, really. It was just. It was just like this is either really going to work or people are going to go. Oh, I remember you. Why? Why did you do that, that one? <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, it's just uh, you know one of those things where it all comes together. And is that amazing? John that Favreau you... did a great job. And oh was, yeah, and the ca- the whole yeah. cast was incredible. And getting and being able to work with you know Ed Asner and Bob Newhart. Absolutely. And like that. and, and uh, the, Peter the, Dinklage. One of the better stories. Exactly, Peter Dinklage. Um, one of the best stories was at the premiere, James Kahn coming up to me is like, I got to tell you something. I thought every day we filmed, you were way too over the top. <laughs> and now I see it up on the big screen. Wonderful job. Well, but basically this weird backhanded compliment wow. of yeah, like, that's I thought you were, te- basically, I thought you were terrible every, every day, day I yeah. worked with you. And now I see, <laughs> no, I see what you were doing, you know. Uh, but, Do you think sweet, he had the same feeling in his mind, which I don't was, know. this yeah. is where James Conn dies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like know, it's... but 
But uh, yeah, that, that's just uh, you know all the all the planets aligned. But everybody album. always yeah. gives you this compliment, Will, that you are a guy who commits. Too handsome. Uh, I haven't heard that <laughs> oh, one. Okay, you, never mind. You're a guy who who commits <laughs> completely to the character. And yes. that's what you did with Buddy. Is you yeah. said, "Look, yeah. I'm not going to half-ass Buddy the no, Elf. If Buddy no. the Elf is a fish out of water yeah, in New absolutely. York, that's how I'm going to play it." He had to be a complete innocent. And uh, you know, when we were rewriting the script, it was that's how I came up with the joke. Uh, you know, the the cafe that says "World's Best Coffee" or wh- whatever it was, and I was like, you know, it has to be. Like, he has to literally believe that they have the world's best coffee. Let's go try it. Why would they say it, you know, if they don't? And uh, uh, so it was, a, it was a wonderful opportunity to kind of uh, look at the things that we consider mundane and, and uh, you know, experience them through his eyes. It has to be weird, too, to just watch every year as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. There is a, there's a massive billboard on Sunset. That's brand new. That's an advertisement for AMC, like holidays movies. Right. And it's just a massive picture of Buddy the Elf. Oh, Buddy the Elf. Yeah, screaming. So, Is Ron Burgundy your favorite character you've ever played? He may very well be. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Ron may Burgundy. Well yeah, I think... Because uh, you kind of kept him alive with various uh, charity appearances yeah, and whatnot. And now we're you're, now, you're uh, starting that podcast. We're starting the podcast. So, right. yeah, it's a very... Uh, it's a very fun thing. You can kind of pick up where you left off with Ron. He's, he's kind of applicable in any sort of situation. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, that's another story that's, that is, is kind of one of those things where you're kicking around an idea and you write a script and, you know, 15 studios say no. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had one studios. day where I think it was like 12 different either finance, either studios or, or financiers all gave us nose and that's unbelievable wow. we were it like ah, we were trying I mean, we, we were trying to explain in fact we had a read through for uh i forget what the name of the company was and uh we actually had uh i forget who we, we actually had john c Riley at the time read the the champ kind part which was ultimately played by david keckner and we had this read through where the financier comes up he, he's wiping tears out of his eyes like that is the f- best funniest read through i've ever been through oh my gosh we will never make the movie <laughs> ah! and we're like wait why he's like i can't sell it it's a comedy about the the news yeah can't sell it yeah so well you know we were we what were do you have to do for someone if they're crying laughing to get them to take your yes. project it just took um it actually it took old school coming out being a hit and that forced DreamWorks, who owned the script at that time, to all of a sudden say, "Wow, uh, wait, we'll now make this." <laughs> is there a is there a dream actor project that you still want to do? Oh, oh. Like Deadly Adoption too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing up Deadly You're Adoption. You're welcome. I loved it. Lifetime movie, Deadly Adoption, starring myself and Kristen Wiig. Amazing. Done earnestly. And Done earnestly. people watched it and were so mad. So mad. And it brought me so Why were they mad? Because joy. they expected it to be funny? Yeah, they were like waiting yeah. for a joke yeah. for an hour oh, and a half. I, see. Okay. I mean, it was terrifying. There were two amazing simultaneous reviews, one in mm-hmm. Rolling Stone, who totally got what we were doing. Uh-huh. And uh, because we had, we had, so I had this, this idea to shoot a Lifetime movie, just straight, straight, straight. straight ahead, but... But starring comedic actors, right? And, and, so, and why, Will? Can you give us uh, just just <laughs> strange, just sitting, just being a fan of Lifetime movies, going, 
oh, it'd be fun to star in a Lifetime movie. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> for the same reason I did uh, a movie entirely in Spanish, too. I was going to ask yeah. you so, about that, too. Same sort of weird thought process. So, right. uh, so we write the script. We have actors who come on the set. They have to sign NDAs. They can't talk about, uh, and the crew played it straight. So I would have, I would do a scene with an actor, and they'd be like, pull me a single. Uh, can I ask you a question? What's going on with this? <laughs> <laughs> is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be serious? I'm like, it's just a change of pace. I just uh, really responded to the material. And it's the most... <laughs> and they slowly... Dri- and this one guy was like, I don't buy it. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's take it again from the top. Uh, so we, we, we just shoot it totally straight. And uh, so the, these two reviews came out. One in Rolling Stone, which totally got what we were doing from a satirical standpoint and then another from the New York Times who was like I cannot figure this out (laughs) because if it's supposed to be real Kristen Wiig has some acting chops Will Ferrell does not (laughs) like (laughs) Will Ferrell is here we need to take a break and we still have come on we still have to talk about Holmes and Watson oh we gotta talk about Holmes and Watson so we'll do that in a second or we don't have to no we'll talk about it when we get back great let's do it it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. We're having the time of our lives with our friend Will Ferrell here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Will, uh, this is our last uh, segment, so we have a lot to okay. cram in. Uh, including this is our about, speed round. Inclu- mm-hmm. Yes, including yeah. about your new film. But um, one of the things that we have been talking about on the show as the Oscars have continued to struggle to find a host for next year's ceremony, yes. we, we said you and John C. Riley are the perfect choice to host the Academy Awards. What say you? And this timing could not be more perfect. Okay. Because uh, we're doing it. Yeah! <laughs> Exclusive. Look, there we are. Kevin and Bean. You heard it here. Somehow it seems like you just made that up. I did. I just okay. made it up. I know. You know, the Oscars are in a bit of a pickle mm-hmm. right now because is... it is a, truth be told, somewhat thankless thing to host. And, uh, you know, the upside is basically this. Like, oh, they'll be funny. They'll be funny. They were okay. And that's the upside. That's it's the, the upside. Best case scenario, okay. yeah. That's the best case, and it and it just you know it's a lot of work. You got to you know you start two months out. Mm-hmm. You got to work on all this stuff, and then there's so much pressure, and uh, you know so I. It, I'm going to take work. that as a yes. I, I so yeah. That you're doing it. I, <laughs> you and you John all in. <laughs> I would love to. I pitched them one time a scenario. In fact, it was a similar situation. It was the year when Eddie Murphy dropped out, and uh, they had asked. Uh, sniffed around if, if I would possibly do it. And I was shooting a movie with Zach Galifianakis. And I asked Zach if he'd be up for this. That I said, we will do it. We pitched it to them that we will do it under the premise that you, your advertising is that you can't find a host. You can't find a host. <laughs> okay. And that we don't know who the host is. We don't know. And then curtain comes up and it's Zach and I dropped into the Oscars, but we don't know what camera we're on. We're ill rehearsed. Love it. Uh, it's and, too good. And for them. the show is a debacle. And they kind of giggled and they were like but we have to tape promos we can't they're, so they're they're very conventional in their sure. thinking and they yeah. they, they kind of have to break out of that well their loss for so. sure All right, let's talk All about right. your new movie Holmes yep. and Watson this is the New York Times first line man children are something of a specialty for both Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. <laughs> thank you New York Times as I wet my diaper <laughs> tell us about this movie uh, this yeah this is uh, you know John and I, uh, uh, of course, playing 
arguably the most iconic uh, figures in uh, English literature. Sure. Uh, <laughs> running around <laughs> the streets of London in full Victorian costume, doing British accents with an all-British cast, and we had the best time you could possibly imagine. Uh, yeah, basically... Uh, you know, messing around with this, you know, uh, with with these characters in the story in a comedic way, and uh, just every day we're, you know, we're like, how did we get to play these guys? Uh, let's your man children. Let's your hurry. Let's hurry before, before they, they realize, they, they realize what they've done. Uh, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was great, and it's it's you know, I think it's obviously one of the few outright comedies coming out this holiday season yeah. uh mm -hmm. and it's just uh very i think i would say it's very mel brooksian in the way oh, we've done this wow so, that's a so, high compliment yeah so it's uh <laughs> high compliment it's, uh, he gave himself yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm all right with that yeah and uh uh so yeah it's a uh, it's great fun I want you and John C. Riley to be actual best friends in real life. Is that possible? That is. That's uh that's actually pretty close. Have you roller skated buddies. with them? I he would he loves a good roller skate yes. workout. So he in London he would give me call he, he would say, I'm going roller skating from two to four. <laughs> and, and you would say, it? I'll meet I you there. I I didn't <laughs> But we went on some lovely once? walks. And, but once uh, you didn't roller skate? I just was like Once? Where are we gonna Roller skate, but he would find a place two of hours course. outside of London, like an, an abandoned roller rink. Yeah, abandoned. Yeah, he would break and in. <laughs> just sticks everywhere. With a, with a crowbar. Yeah. Well, did you uh, did you ignore all previous incarnations of Sherlock Holmes? Like, like Pretty Benedict Cumberbatch, much. his universe doesn't exist yeah. in, in your movie, right? A little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. we kind of uh, took every license we could to just mess around with all of that. I mean, I, in terms of the actual. Uh, performance and style. I, I studied a lot of uh, Jeremy Brett, who did the old BBC versions, and he uh, he kind of has this amazing cadence to the way he would deliver information where he'd all of a sudden be talking, and then he'd be screaming at you! <laughs> and uh, for no reason. And I'd like to so, hear that in your uh, British I, accent. I, and then he would be screaming at you! There you go. Mm. Look at that. Yeah, wow. that's pretty good. That's, you sold a ticket right there. That's now. worth the 18 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. So before we run out of time, your good friend Adam McKay yes. has this, uh, this Dick Cheney movie coming right, out. Right, right. Called Vice. Uh, you've seen it? I have, yeah. I saw how, it too. Yeah. How, do, how do you rate Sam Rockwell's George W. Bush versus your George W. Bush, which was a great classic character that you even took to Broadway? Can I? Uh, uh, he's, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. Yeah. No, he did his best. <laughs> <laughs> if he could have done better, he would have. I'm no, sure. No, he, you know, Adam and I talked about that because Sam, uh, I know Sam a little bit, and he's very, he's a, he's a great actor, but he also takes it very seriously, and I guess he was tormented by the fact that he couldn't get my impersonation out of his head. So he tried, and he said the more, he said it, he was very complimentary, he said at first glance, you just think of it as funny, and then, but then you watch the real tape on George W. And then you watch what I did. And he's like, it's very close to the way he really is. And I right. can't get out of it. So he, I, he actually found his own version and is, he's, he's awesome. That movie's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible When movie. does that one come out? When does Vice come out? Christmas, Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Day along with Same Holmes. as Holmes and Watson. Oh, so it's oh, a double feature. Oh, no. It's on. Whoa. <laughs>
<laughs> Did I Who's just gonna blow win? your mind? Are you losing a no. friend? Is this, this is big news. <laughs> Two different types of movies. Okay. Uh, I say double feature, you guys. Who's yeah, with I you, right? Yeah. Yeah, double yeah. feature. What else do yeah. you have going on? Great. Bring the family to Vice and then take your wife to Holmes and Watson. <laughs> well, or, or the you, other way around. Sorry. I think it's the other way around. You <laughs> have been uh, very generous with your time, not only today, but throughout the years. You know, we've oh, reminisced thanks. with you in the past about how far back we go with you, all the way back Absolutely. to the very early 90s. So, uh, to uh, Kokomo's and Irvine. To Kokomo's yep. and Irvine, yep. yep. That's so embarrassing that you went there. <laughs> it is. Dean very and I were doing an event there and Will showed up. Aww. And I think that's the place we got busted for peeing in the bushes. It is. By yeah, we cops. did. We almost got arrested that night. inside, uh... and we were get, almost getting arrested outside. <laughs> but uh, you are, we're true to your word to come in today, uh, and we can't thank you enough. No. And we wish you and your family the very best for the holidays. Always a pleasure. Keep in touch, for okay. real. Absolutely. Thanks, Bye-bye. guys. Thank you. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Hey, uh, you guys. Uh, it's fine. Beer Mug was invited. Uh, He's here. Mug came in no. the studio, turn, and he's standing turn, in front of a microphone. Turn, turn on his microphone. Okay. It's, t- it's time to play Bean Makes This Guess. <laughs> Bean Makes This Guess, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Bean Makes This Guess, yeah. Who gets penis slapped? Bean is a dick. Pretty dope, man. Just want to tell ya. I am the dumbest human that ever lived. Now it's time for Bean Makes This Guess. Yes. Oh. I uh, specifically requested Omar replace some he of those did, sound No, he, repla- he redid it, and it's all it, new. It sounds exactly the same and to me. He took out com- some stuff that seemed like you didn't like it. Yeah. Billboard magazine is the Bible of the music industry and has been for over 100 years, and they have a very special uh, issue out this week because they are celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Alternative Music Chart. So until 30 years ago, which would be what, 1988, they didn't have a special alternative music chart. But then it started to get so popular, they said, hey, we ought to start uh, ranking these records on their own. Well, they put out a list of the 30, actually it's 40, 40 biggest alternative music acts of all time. So this is right in K-Rock's wheelhouse. We've played every single one of these bands. The most successful on the charts, according to Billboard, alternative music acts of all time. Everybody got it? Yes. Yep. Yes. I think it's going to be an easy one, you guys, because a million bands automatically come to mind because of all the stuff that we play in Kevin as we do. Now, do we, we have to give artist and song? No, this is just our tol- alternative artists. artists. Okay. Yeah, the most, uh, the most successful on the Billboard charts, alternative artists. All Let's right. say you. Yes, can I, Allie. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. What do they quantify or qualify as alternative? Like, would Nickelback be alternative? Well, Bean says we've played them all. We've played them all. We've, we've played, played them all. Everybody. Okay. I, I got the top 40 in front of me, and we played every one of them. Okay. Okay. So I would say no to Nickelback. So, Allie, okay. that's wrong. Okay. Well, no, I thought... <laughs> oh, that, I we, we just, weren't starting yeah. yet. Okay. okay. I'm going to start with Baja Men. <laughs> Come on, Kevin. <laughs> you know what? Maybe just outside the 41. <laughs> oh. It's possible they were 41, but the Who Let the Dogs Out guys didn't make the top. <laughs> we're trying to at least nail the top 10 in the time that we have for this segment. All right, Allie, you're up next. Uh, obviously, Nirvana. Well, it's funny you should say that. Nirvana, what? Because we're talking chart That's... success, and they haven't had, they had one posthumous release since 1995. So they just haven't been around that long. They had a very short run on the charts with wow. a lot of songs in a five-year period. 
Right. Wow, that was so, shocking. I thought okay. that would be number one easy. Well, again, we're not talking about the greatest or the standard bearers or the yeah. Mount Rushmore. We're talking about chart success. So think about okay. bands that had a longer chart run, perhaps, than, than Nirvana. Beer Mug, you're up. K-Rock has played these guys like once in a while. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, they are number two. On the <laughs> oh! yes. Yeah, the Chili Peppers. So Beer Mug on the board Woo! first. K-Rock's Kevin, you're up next. P.O.D. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you have been shocked if they had been Wouldn't on the list? That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been. I'm sorry. No mm. uh, no POD. Alan okay. K. Foo Fighters. Number one, of All course. Right. Nice. Foo Fighters. Most successful alternative rock band of the last 30 years. Uh, Mugs, you're up. Gotta go the Weezer. Uh, Weezer is number nine. All right. I mean, think about how many songs they've had. Yeah, I mean, a thousand. Just, yeah, they just keep them coming. All right, Kevin, you're up next. Um, I'm going to say Hinder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, no. Come Hinder, on! This Hinder bogus. Did... This list is bogus. I know you're trying. All right, Allie. Muse. Muse is number. I'm sorry, number thirteen. <gasps> How dare you? Number thirteen is Muse. Beer mug. The Killers. The Killers is a great guess. I thought they would be higher too, but they're down at number thirty-four. 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 Now, again, this is not opinion. This is based on chart statistics. Okay. This is how well they've actually done. All right, it's facts. Have, right. So do we have time to go around a couple more times sure. real fast? Sure. All right. Kevin? Plain white mother <laughs> effing teeth. Oh, man. <laughs> I appreciate your, your confidence, but I'm sorry. They, the Hey Delilah kids did not make the list. All right, Allie? Oasis? Oasis is on the list at number 37. This? I know. Wow. So have we gotten only one and two? Uh, Mugs has gotten two. No, no I'm saying one. number one and two on the oh. list. Yeah, you got yeah. one, all we've one two, and nine. One, two, and oh, nine. Okay. okay. Is all you got. All right, whose turn is it? My turn. Um, Beck. That's a great guess, by the way, but I'm sorry. No, he's number 30. Oh. Uh, excuse me, 31. I have that on my 31. list, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? No. All right, last round, and then I will reveal. Wait, is Allie going or no? I'm, I'm confused. Uh, Kevin's up first. Uh, Kevin's right. up yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. Five for fighting. <laughs> At least you try it. Right. Allie, your final guess. Okay, now uh, um, I guess I'm finally getting it, that these are now lo- like longest on the chart type mm-hmm. of thing. You're just well, getting this now? <laughs> because I was going with band. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm just getting it. The uh, flying like a cannonball. Da, 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 da. First, first. They sing first. That's, that I mean, was on Cold the War chart kids? forever. Cold, Cold War, War kids? kids. Okay, again, that was been a, around. Yeah. yeah, that was a huge hit. Cold War Kids loves Incubus, is what I was saying. <laughs> Incubus. Incubus. Well, I'm sorry, Cold War Kids was the answer we accept. Beer Mug, you have the final guess. Stone Temple Pilots. That's a good uh, guess. It is uh, number 18 on the list. That's All right, I'll give, you the, I'll give you the top 20 real quick. There are a couple that will surprise you because, well, because... They will. <laughs> Number 20 on the list, by the way, ahead of Nirvana, ahead of Coldplay, ahead of Depeche Mode, ahead of Nine Inch Nails, ahead of The Killers. Number 20 is Three Days Grace. What? Okay. Stop that no, is not possible. <laughs> Number 19 is... Hold on. You're making that up. Number. This is Billboard magazine. Number 19 is Stained. Number 18 is Stone Temple Pilots, which I think someone guessed. Number 17 is The Cure. Here's a band I'm surprised you didn't mention, Imagine Dragons. They haven't been around that long, but man, have they had a lot of hits. Cage the Elephant at 15, Blink-182 at 14. Blink-182, how stupid are we? Then Muse, then Smashing Pumpkins, then Bush. Number 10, Offspring. Number 9, Weezer. Number 8, Incubus. Allie, you almost had it. Damn it! 
number six and seven, I'm kind of surprised because, Kevin, for the first 20 years we worked here, we played a million songs by Pearl Jam. Wow. Oh, sure. And R.E.M. That's ridiculous. Oh. Number five, U2. Oh. Oh, oops. They've only, <laughs> they've only had a 60-year career. <laughs> number four, again, we're talking about the most popular acts, the most successful acts in the Billboard Alternative Music chart. Number four, Linkin Park. Of course. Is Green Day not on? Number three is Green Day. Oh, should okay. be, yeah. All right. Then the Chili Peppers and then Foo Fighters. And this has been B Mix's Guess. B Mix's Guess, yeah. Gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, I've never heard a bigger crock of bull crap in my life. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. Do we have Miss Christine Fung? We do, yes. Assistant producer of the Kevin and Bean Show. Yesterday, somehow your pet frog, Froggy, came up. <laughs> well, you guys were talking about the frog being held hostage. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So it, I was just mentioning that I also had a pet frog. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. uh, an unusual pet for a college student, by the way, to have a frog in the dorm. He was a birthday present. Oh, not even your choice. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, he was adorable. And okay. your frog's name? Froggy. Mm. Sure. It's creative. I'll give you that. And how were there other names in consideration or the minute you saw him, you said, damn, he looks like a froggy. I mean, I think it was like a split set. Like I knew immediately, you know, Mm -hmm. like with the baby, you're like, that's very similar. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because I keep babies in a terrarium, too. So perfect. (laughs) So froggy. and And you stuck with that after you had the initial thought you went ahead and kept it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had just it for like, a couple years. I just like to suggest that mm-hmm. the one person that shouldn't be making fun Amen. of Christine Amen. is Bean. I'm Agreed. not making fun of. I'm just trying to establish mm. a, just a chain of custody here. I'm just I trying see. to understand how it all happened. All right, Dave, our, uh, our producer, King of Mexico, your early uh, early childhood dog was named what? My first dog was a Doberman, and his name was Boy. Here, boy. Here, boy. No. Hey, boy. So anytime That's... anyone said that, the dog ran to them? Yep. Wow. Was, Jumped it, over gates. It was, it was indeed a, a male? It was. Okay, yeah. good. All right. That's not a given considering it Dave. It is not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a boy. Well, I didn't name it. I had a boy pig named Daisy because I had the name before I had the pig, so he was Daisy. Yeah, see, that's, that's just, the weird okay, thing. That's weird. Bean has a lot of names for pets that are really bizarre. But he also has like an on-deck circle where he's got mm-hmm. names that are piling up that he doesn't have pets for yet. Okay. Uh, Dave, after boy, then what? Oh, my, I got Speck from Pee-wee. From Speck. Wait, can, yeah, you, from can P- you from Pee-wee's Playhouse. enunciate that one? Speck. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. calling yeah. anyone names. Okay. Jack and right. yeah. uh, wait, wait, Pee-wee, Pee-wee had a pet named Speck? Yeah, in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, that's an awesome name. Yeah, so the the, the dog I had looked like it, so it was awesome. Um, then I had Bandit, and now I have Rhonda Ruffy. Why uh, Bandit? Because it had a, a brown patch over its eye. So <laughs> it's a little yeah. cute dog. Awesome. Yeah. And now uh, Rhonda Ruffy. Right. And Rhonda Ruffy is an awesome name, Kevin. Don't you agree? No. Oh, yeah. Uh-uh. How can you not? No, it's I love so the dog. Clever. The dog's super cute, but Rhonda Ruffy's dumb. It's an awesome name. It's an awesome name. I thought you asked my opinion. Well, your <laughs> opinion's <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Look, Dave loves Rhonda Rousey. We all do. Same. And it's, it's a tie-in. And I get can, the tie-in. You don't understand. <laughs> he right. named the dog Rhonda Ruffy because of Rhonda Rousey. Sure. A what? Oh, it's a pun. <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay. not a big pun fan. I think right, he's Kevin, getting it now. You've had some dogs in recent years. What have you named yours? I have, but I really don't have wacky names. Mm-mm. Well, they don't have to be wacky. One of them was named Boots 
because oh. he had little he white. Boots? He was brown and had little white feet. Oh, for that's some cute. reason. So named a book bo- uh, boots. All right. And then we had a dog named um, Allie. <laughs> Wow! Really? Before I so, ever met Allie. So do we. Yeah. Oh! Bean. It was, it was long so before mean. I ever even met her. I don't know how we came up with the name, but that's fine, Kevin. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you made it awkward, really. Yeah. And then I had a dog named Dave, the King of Mexico. Coincidence. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't remember any others. Mm. I used to have a cat named Ralph, by the way, because that's what his meow sounded like. Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> oh so it sounded like he was saying oh Ralph, so I named the cat Ralph. Gosh. Why is that a terrible name? You know, you're the one making fun of the fact that I had a frog named Froggy. Yes. He, is. he sounded like he was saying okay. Ralph, so we named him Ralph. I mean, okay, at least there's logic there. All, All right. right. Yes. What else you got? Um, well, we've had a number of animals throughout the years, as sure. you know. Sure. We had a, a little bit of a... A little bit of a rescue farm where we took in uh, a, a bunch of different sorts of animals. So we he had... throws in rescue farms so people feel a little bad. <laughs> like, that's a good dude. Right. Now he's going to tell you the names. We had uh, a rabbit named Tastes Like Chicken for obvious reasons. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I mean, another... that's the official name. <laughs> His name was Tastes Like Chicken. Was there a short? Did you say, hey, Tastes Like Chicken, come here? <laughs> yes. That was you didn't name. shorten it? Hey, Taste. <laughs> No, it was just tastes like chicken. Odd. Okay. Uh, and by the way, I have no idea whether that's true or not. It's just a thing that people say. He lived a they very don't. long and fulfilling life. Oh, they don't. No, okay. no. They're the uh, we also had another rabbit named Snowball because he was a you know little pure white little little bunny Snowball, mm-hmm. like Donald uh, Trump likes, right? We had <laughs> right. We had a guinea pig named Bedhead, which by the way is a perfect name for him because he was one of those guinea pigs that just had a just a big massive hair that just stuck up on the top of his head like it looks like when you wake up in the morning your hair is everywhere. All right, you're telling us all the ones that make sense. I'd like to get into the wacky ones. We also had a guinea pig named Wheat Wheat. Okay, what? Wheat Wheat. W H E A T? Mhm. Because that's the noise he made. Wheat 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 Wheat. So we named him Wheat Wheat. We had another guinea pig named Frito. Frito. He smelled like Fritos? No, because he was a free to a good home. See, now so right there, we Frito. just we oh. just stepped over Frito. a line. His name was Frito because he was free to a good home. <laughs> right. We just stepped over a line of wow. uh, crazy. What are you talking about? Uh, just saying. What's next? Um, we had a turtle named Moesha, as you know. Uh, I was a huge <laughs> fan of the great uh, Brandy Norwood, the singer and actress, uh, back when and that show was on in and the that, 90s, Moesha. And that pet reminded you of her? <laughs> no, it's what? just it was a tribute to an actress and singer that I was a fan of, just like Rhonda Ruffy does. Doesn't look anything like Ronda Rousey, but Dave's a fan. We had uh, turtles <laughs> named Spot, Elmo, Anna. We had a millipede Anna. named Ahmed. You remember Ahmed? Now, why'd you name him Ahmed? Why do you have a millipede? He had a millipede. First of all, an odd pet. Second of all, named it Ahmed. I loved Ahmed. First of all, and You're I got so out gross. of the millipede. I got out of the millipede business because they don't live long enough. You get very attached to them, and they die like because they six really months. they really play a lot with you, and you <laughs> can really <laughs> get attached. No, but to you them. can put a, you can put a millipede. You can put, like my tarantula Chase fluffy. The ball, same, same thing. You can put him on your hand, and he can run up and down your arm and stuff like that. Oh, you met Fluffy, Kevin. Yeah. You met Fluffy. Sure. We had Atomic, Atomic Dog, named after the George Clinton song. I don't hate Allie, it. you respect that. That's pretty I strong. Don't I don't it. hate that one. Yeah. Uh, I know we don't have much time, but I had a lot of other pets. We had, you know, we had Tater Tot, and we had Veruca, and we had Yum Yum, and we had Linus, and then we had our, all of our cows. We had Hay, and we had Buttercup, and we had Betsy, 
And then we had our donkey happy. Sure. And, and no then... pets named dinner, huh? Dave. <laughs> Come Why on. would you hurt him like that? I just like I just like fun. I just like to toss out one I found on the internet that our mm-hmm. listeners might be interested in. That's Dave uh, Growl. <laughs> that's a good dog's name. Just toss it out there if anybody wants to use it. I really don't like any of them. The Kevin and Bean Show. How can you say that, bro? So maybe they're not politically correct, but it's funny. <laughs> K-Rock. Look who's back, you guys. One of our favorites. It's Eliza. Hi, guys. Thank that's you for a, having me. That's a golf clap. I believe Eliza I mean, deserves more I than mean, that. I mean, I like, I like them both. Only- Okay. There's only so many people yeah, in this room. Yeah, there's only like and four people And they were clapping at maximum <laughs> right. ability, so. We're doing the best we could. <laughs> How you been? I'm great. How's it? Oh, my God. Oh, there it is. Okay. Thank you. Thank That's you so much. That's after every answer, by that, the way. You know what? I, I need that. I need that acknowledgement. Thank you. I get it. Can we please instant family it up in here, Yay! Eliza? I am my claps? Now we need the big applause, Kevin. There it is. I could not believe <laughs> when I saw the clip of you in this uh, this Roseburn Mark Wahlberg big hit uh, Hollywood movie. Yeah, it's a Roseburg Mark Wahlberg Eliza Schlesinger movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That's how it's built. Right. I like Photoshop myself into all the posters. <laughs> I'm like, come see our movie. Uh, it's this big, you know, studio movie. It's called Instant Family. I was so excited to get the part, and it's a it's a it's just what we need right now. It's heartwarming. It's fun. It's it's loving. It's it kind of takes the stigma out of the whole conversation about adoption or fostering. It's a true story. About... My friend Greg saw it and said, "I was shocked at how emotional I got." Yeah, he sobbed during that movie. It's 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 rooted in truth. Sean Anders, who wrote it, he also did uh, Daddy's Home. It's a it's mm-hmm. his true story about him adopting his three children, who were like children, not babies. Yeah. Right. And it's actually interesting. You know, I made that movie not really thinking I had any connection to the adoption world, and it turned out my cousin works for the city, and she works in foster care. And my best friend and her wife, they are trying to foster children. And yeah. you that's know, a guy that doesn't know anything about his friends. I, I, I <laughs> I'm that guy. Or, well, or you don't girl. think about oh, it. Oh, girl, you said you. I thought you were saying the guy that wrote it. Oh no, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I realized that. Okay. Oh, I do. Like, I'm not adopting or fostering children, but you don't realize that you do know someone mm-hmm. who is attached sure. to that world. And the people that do adopt these children have such big hearts. I met so many families. They're like, yeah, we have three kids of our own, but we decided to foster twelve kids, yeah. and we just love them. And you're like, wow. I got to tell yeah. you, um, uh, we do uh, a charity for abused women and children, and everybody wants to buy gifts for little babies. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to buy gifts kids, for a teenager. Right, because babies can't return them. <laughs> say they don't like them. <laughs> Nobody wants age seven through. I wonder what it's like in foster care, if yeah, that's, that's the same. Does my mic sound weird to anyone else? That's Sounds in the movie. Fine. How, like, nobody wants a teenager. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they and they have that discussion. But it's a it's heartwarming. It's fun. Um, and it did really well over the weekend, and I'm really proud to be in that movie. You, you know? should be. Congratulations. Proud to be tenth on the call sheet. Thank you. <laughs> how, how how much? Uh, forgive me for not knowing this, Eliza, but um, it'll okay. prove I'm not a stalker because I don't know it. How much did you make? How, no, <laughs> no? How, how, oh, how much okay. acting have you done? Not a lot. It's it's one of those weird answers because it's not for lack of trying. Like every mm-hmm. movie you've seen, like I have probably read for it. I have read for most sitcoms, TV shows, cartoons. Like it's always it's a game of it's, it's about statistics. Like if you keep trying, eventually you get one. So, sure, sure. 
And, uh, you know, you lose out. And you lose out for reasons you can't control. They're like, well, we went we went Asian. I'm like, okay, I can't fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I went Asian years ago, by the way. <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> oh, or we went with a boy. And it's like, okay. Uh, so I went boys years ago, uh, by the all way. Right. All right. So when I went, I did this movie. I, I auditioned for it. They liked it. And uh, that begat the other part that I got. I'm doing a movie right now called Wonderland, also with Mark Wahlberg. So, so weird. Wow. Um, yeah, and that's like a much bigger part. And we're I don't think that. I knew that about you that you yeah, were I didn't trying either. out for every single movie. You've never because brought that up at all the like times to, you've been in. Nobody wants to hear about how much you failed. <laughs> nobody wants, you know, you or it's LA. Everybody's auditioning all the time, right? Yeah. Okay. And you know, you go up for things, but nobody wants to bring up like, yeah, I read for that movie. I read for Marvelous Miss Maisel. <laughs> I read for Game Night. I read for like all these things that have come out. You know, nobody wants to talk well, about. Stop reading for things that Mark Wahlberg's not in. <laughs> that's. Key. <laughs> Apparently, our, we're star-crossed actors. Now, yeah. Eliza, I'm really, really interested in this, and I promise we'll get to your plugs. But I, I, yeah. I have to ask: you're at the you're at the top of your game in comedy, and don't be modest and say you're not. I mean, obviously, you've got all these, you know, your own specials. You're a one-name comedian. You couldn't be any more successful as a comedian. Do you have the same passion for? <laughs> do you have the same passion for acting that you have for comedy? I don't know. I don't know because I think there's there's. I'm not an actor. Like I am not. I'm not a thespian. I did not go to. Thank you. Thank you. Some people like spend their whole lives and they to this craft. I've spent my life dedicated myself to the craft of stand up, and I have taken you know steps toward acting. But it's hard to like run full speed ahead at acting when you're not. It's not paying you back. Sure. Like you're, you know, and it's not. So stand up's where I put my efforts, and that's that's paying off. Uh, but I do enjoy. The idea of playing villains. I do enjoy the idea of playing these fun characters, but I have no desire to do like Shakespeare in the Park. Right. You know, but you have to be so encouraged. Uh, it's when you its see own somebody... animal and it deserves its own. You know, I right. think everybody fancies themselves an actor, but it does require work. Sure. And when you see somebody like I Mike Barbiglia, is a, can she not hear me? Is her headphones are I don't dead? think her headphones are working. Okay, I got it. It was the yes. volume. I oh. hit it with my knee. Oh. Acting. This whole time, wow. Eliza. I was act- pretending I couldn't hear. Um, I was saying it must be gratifying for you to see somebody like Mike Barbiglia, great stand-up comedian who has successfully made that transition and is just doing wonderful work in TV and movies. Oh, right I now. love it. I love seeing other people just skyrocket past me. It's so gratifying. <laughs> no, you know what? what it is it's doing stand-up creates a path and then people want to listen to you and then you can from there I can produce things I can act in things and we're living in a time now where there's no real set path to anything you don't have to get in like a studio system like mm-hmm. you can kind of create your own existence you can be you can make millions of dollars and be a celebrity and no one's ever heard but of you do do people um put you in one corner which is you do oh that's the girl that does comedy she's great at comedy I don't think so you, uh just because I've gotten a lot of auditions for serious stuff I think people like it when comedians are more serious I that's easy to tap into yeah um and so I can't I haven't really been pigeonholed yet but, and I feel like you're tough, and you they know yeah. you could cut a bitch, so there's a lot of roles you could play. Well, it's funny. Because of that, I go up for these parts that a lot of time where like, they end up casting like some butch chick. And I'm like, I was never that. So I'm like just tough enough that I'm tougher than the other girls that look like sorority girls, but I'm not right. as tough as like Large Marge, the bar owner. So I live in this like weird space of like too tough for my blonde hair, but not tough enough to cut a, a B. What is I hate that now. Okay, you hate it. Okay. Before you go, Eliza, we have yes. 60 seconds with Eliza. Kevin is going to rapid fire questions at you. You have just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. What is your least favorite Christmas song? 
Oh, oh. Silver bells. <laughs> it's creepy. Dog kisses on the mouth, yes or hell yes? Dog kisses deep in the mouth, <laughs> right on the gums, hell yes. We have a lot of people who say no and are, are really upset yeah, about I get mad at them. The deep, question. Deep tongue. Uh, what's the funniest movie of all time? Oh, okay. I'll say Caddyshack, so boys like me. <laughs> Do you have a secret talent? Um, I can sing in a hamster voice in a perfect register. <laughs> what advice would you give your teenage self? Oh, don't eat that. <laughs> when a jury summons, when a jury duty summons comes to your house, what do you do? I absolutely sign up. It is your civic duty to pay taxes and be part of a jury. It is the price you pay for living in a great country. Queen has a boner. I right? love this woman. <laughs> you must go. How early is too early to start decorating for Christmas? Are you before or after Thanksgiving person? You got to go after Thanksgiving. Because oh, you got to give Thanksgiving it. its due. Did I get all of them right? <laughs> you, I mean, there's no, there's no right a, or wrong. It was a perfect score, Eliza. Thanksgiving well at midnight. <laughs> but beyond that, it's, it's harvest season. You can't get into it. So sure. Before that. Bye, Eliza. Bye, Blanche. We Thank love you. Thank you so much, you guys. <laughs> Thank you. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.